Last episode on the Backlog Breakdown, we had our 2023 awards, and I forgot to hand out an award. I We left the recording, and I still had one sitting on my desk that I needed to hand out. So in lieu of that, I'd like to start this episode by uh, giving the award for the best neckwear. And that goes to, oh, would you look at that? It's a tie. Welcome to another episode of the Backlog Breakdown. I am your host, Josh, and with that me today- That's an F minus. <laughs> F minus. Hey, that's Nate, my F- host. No, for the- no F minus. <laughs> and uh, and with us today, uh, we also have good friend of the show. You were on just a few episodes ago, so welcome back, Mister. I, I guess do we just go by Parker here? How do you that how works. do you want to be? All right, I go Parker. with hey, you too. Whatever Mon- hey, stupid, money you man Parker. Yeah, money international oh, man like of it. mystery. <laughs> Awesome. Well, it's good having you, man. I'm stoked for our conversation as we uh, that we're taking a look at the big three uh, video game companies. We're giving out not awards this time. We're giving out report cards. We've got a lot to report on uh, this giving episode. Out yeah, yeah. Let's see. School's out for summer, but we still I, have I failed your cards joke to report. And on. I may fail other things this episode. <laughs> Speaking of failures, let's just go ahead and roll right into the episode. <laughs> I don't even know what uh, I'm saying anymore. Uh, so it has it's been a, it's all right a little bit since we uh, since we talked last since we had the, our no 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 recording. Joshua mm-hmm. Josh you did that wrong yeah you did it wrong I, you I, are really like dude like I mean I'd like to give you an A for effort but it's like you're not even trying so F minus. <laughs> Um, F minus, not even F, not even a failure. It's no. an F minus. This is worse F than minus. This <laughs> is so bad, so bad. But I awesome. think what you meant to say is it's yep, been an undisclosed amount of time since I talked to you. That's I think true. that's what you meant to say. Mm, um, and no, didn't you know what? Mind, I do but... not. I do not grade on a curve. Ah. So. Wow. So you're giving out all the school puns, man. You're just like the, the my wife is the a teacher. principal. So, yeah, there, there you go. There you go. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> and uh, so, so how have you been since the last we uh, last we well, chatted? Well, I think I think that since I mean, now granted, it has been an under. It's not been that like large a gap, but since mm-hmm. Parker's our guest, I I think it's okay to let him go first. Be our guest. So Parker. To you, my friend, I would like to know. Um, I, I would like to know how it's been, or how it's been since we last spoke. <laughs> I don't know how to follow that up properly, so I won't even try. <laughs> but um, step into no, the madness, been, embrace it. Good, you know. I mean, if if you can't, if, if you're only listening to the podcast, you're just not going to see the beautiful glory of the new mustache. I just have to say, you know. Mm. Um, Mm-hmm. I got challenged by some some buddies at church to to be part of the cool kids club, and they had some pretty sweet stashes, and they challenged me to grow one. And so, uh, I have stepped up to the plate, and I've been working on growing this stash, and that's been by far the biggest, most important, all-consuming project since we last talked. Mm. So, I'm happy mm. to report that I do, in fact, have one. And my wife says it passes the um, you don't look like a pedophile test, so I don't have to shave it <laughs> off. So everybody's really happy about that. And uh, nice. yeah, so. like 
passing yeah. grade there. Certainly didn't that, fail. That, that gets that gets like it, it sounds like that probably gets like a B. I don't know if it's like <laughs> passing with flying colors, but like uh, you know, it, it sounds like it passes with like a B, which is which is good, but there's room for improvement. Yeah. Um, no, we were actually sort of like commenting about the 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 fact that uh, you have that mustache, and uh, I actually said so, you you mentioned the fact that I said something very similar to you, um, very much along the lines of, of what your wife said. I said like, dude, not everybody can grow a mustache. Most people it, they end mm -hmm. up looking like they sort of uh, you know should be locked away for a mm -hmm. very long time. Um, but yours uh, does not look uh, like. Like child molestery at all, mm -hmm. and that's good. That's very or good. Or like, like Hitler, so or like Hitler. <laughs> yeah. Yes, those are two mustaches that like. <laughs> there's a spectrum, and as long as you avoid those, the like, like the it's mustache Charlie spectrum, Chaplin, guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, yeah, man. Uh, well, that's uh, it. Is a nice mustache, you <laughs> know. Um, it, it is. It is. It's not quite like you know. Um, like Burt Reynolds esque, it's like it's approaching that that kind of like quality, like that. Um, it was Burt Reynolds and who was the other one? Um, Tom Selleck. It just yeah, phenomenal Selleck. mustaches, like mm -hmm. just mm -hmm. like those. Maybe may might be the two greatest mustaches in all time. Uh, you're you're not there, but like it's like it's reminiscent. You know, it's like <laughs> it's, it's Selleck esque. It's, yeah. it's, it's Reynolds esque, you know, where it's like, I, I feel like that's a, a noble endeavor, you know, so close enough. I'm good with that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like um, it. And it, and it does give you a very like, kind of like a, a little bit more of like, just like kind of an, a, like a, a bit more presence. Like, you know, it's like, I, it's, I'm not just a man, but I'm a man with a mustache. Mm -hmm. With a good-looking like mustache, yeah. A, a, yeah, a nice mustache. And if you're going to talk yes. trash about me, you're going to do it to my face, specifically <laughs> to my mustache. That's um, right. Okay, so I have one more question before we move on: Is how do you feel about twirling the ends of the mustache? Because you don't have them twirled right now, but I'm curious. Yeah, uh, that's like I don't know. I mean, mm -hmm. I could certainly do it. I just, mm -hmm. it's a question of like. You know, can you do it in a way that's sort of like graceful or do you immediately descend into the sort of like snidely whiplash kind of like, you know, mm -hmm. evil mm -hmm. henchman kind of thing? And yeah. uh, I don't want to go that way too. So there's perils mm -hmm. on every side you got to be careful about. So I completely agree because for like there's an there, there's a sense in which like when I see someone with like a really nice twirled mustache, um, there, there's a sense in which I'm like, I respect because you can pull it off. But also, how long did you spend in front of the mirror twirling your mustache to make it look like that with with your wax and all that stuff? And in like, how much of, are you just being a hipster doofus because of it? You know, so it's so it's like both. It's almost both and because yeah, I respect you can pull it off, but at the same time, like, what all went into that and was it really worth it? And maybe you're a little vain, maybe. Maybe like you know uh -huh. your your free trade organic you know Colombian mm -hmm. you know 
That, that's uh, true. I guess it depends in what context you see this mustache too. Because if it's at a coffee yeah. shop, oh no, yeah, you're just a hipster. But <laughs> if you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what if if you're, if, if you're in a, a well dressed man of business suit. with yes. like rocking a mm-hmm. nice stash, it's just classy. Yeah. It's just classy. That's true. that's true. Like it's the man that makes the stash. I've never been it's not the other in way a, around in a meeting or a business call with another man who's who's had a swirled mustache okay. i'm just gonna throw that out there so i have a hard time envisioning how that's how that's gonna look in a professional <laughs> setting um yeah. but the moment i see somebody do it is the moment i'll, I'll have a, a template to shoot for so just well and and what i'm gonna need you to do is just sneak a pic and send it to me um <laughs> so like when, when you when when you're in that meeting i just need you to be like and just be like, Nate, Nate needs to see this mustache. Um, I, I, I have one more question sort of about your, your, huh? your, your follicles as well. Um, so Josh <laughs> brought up like mustache wax. Um, are you going to go in? Have you gotten any like product? And I, and I asked that because like, I just got, um, I have been ba- I've been buying beard oil and beard care products from the same guy for like the last like, 10 15 years like i oh, found dang. um the the grave before shave brand like i got some of his beard oil when i was like now I'm, I'm gonna grow a beard i'm gonna try like grow a nice one not just like the little like little guy that i used you know because i used to do like the thin sort of like close crop like kind of like chin strappy kind of thing um and then yeah yeah, kind of what Josh has going on. <laughs> My facial on. hair. <laughs> um, but then I was like, no, I'm just like, I can grow like a, a real beard beard. So I'm just going to grow mm-hmm. like a real beard beard. And like when you when you go into that like next level, it, it you do like beard oil becomes a necessity. Like beard balm becomes a necessity. Um, <laughs> and so I was just like, have you, have you purchased any like mustache wax? Are you thinking about it? And uh I am in no way sponsored by Grave Before Shave, but I have been very pleased with their products. I'm just saying. <laughs> it's a fair question. I'm at that stage with it where it's it's grown in enough to where it really does feel like a really wiry, stiff bristled brush, like right on my upper lip here. Like it's pretty it's pretty coarse. I mean, it's mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. it's it, it feels like I've got like a yeah like a nice coarse brush on my face. So I have thought, you know, it might be nice to have something to just kind of smooth it out a little bit and just make it soft Mm -hmm. and and supple. But yeah, I haven't taken it to that level yet. Mm -hmm. I I still don't know for sure if this is going to be like the new thing. You know, I'm just kind of like, I'm in test run mode right now. I I just got past the, like, I don't look like a pedophile. I can keep this thing for a little (laughs) while phase. And so I haven't thought much further ahead (laughs) than that. So I would, would say like, maybe like, yeah, invest in, in like a small little thing of like beard oil and just put like a drop on the hair or on the skin underneath or over your lip. And then, um, you know, some, maybe a little bit of mustache wax is actually going to give it that real coarse thing. But if you get like some like balm or something like that and just rub it in there, it's going to soften up the hairs. Yeah. The, the missus might like it better too. Pro tip. Yeah. Good to know. I'm just saying. So, um, 
But yeah, the, what we have talked about, the, you know, what's weird is like, <laughs> I did not foresee us talking and like riffing for like 10 minutes on mustaches. I'm, I'm mm. pleasantly surprised by that. But um, mm. <laughs> Joshua, um, yes, it's, it has been an undisclosed amount of time since we last talked, mm-hmm. but like mm-hmm. there has, dude, it's like the last couple of episodes you have just like been. It's a whirlwind of activity with the broccolo. It's true, and, and I kind of it's love true. it mostly because I'm just like I'm I'm sort of seeing this all from the sidelines, and I don't actually <laughs> have to do anything. Yeah. Like I'm all about that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So uh, the major things that have happened since the last time we recorded, we uh, closed on we purchased we finished purchasing the house. You know, so we moved into our new house. Uh, tons of people from the church helped us move in, which is awesome. We got it all knocked out in like the first half of the day. You know, just a few hours, uh, which was super cool. Um, but of course, me in my head, I'm like, yeah, I can. You know. So long as that's done in the morning, then I've got all afternoon and, and then we did something in the evening. Um, and I felt really dumb because it's like, no, once you get all your stuff in, like that's just the beginning. Like, yes, that's a big accomplishment, but uh, then there's unpacking and setting things up and, you know, making everything livable. Uh, so that's, that's an ongoing, that's an ongoing process, but really dig the house. Um, it's pretty awesome. It is just like seven or eight blocks a 12 minute walk from here to the church where I work, which is awesome. So, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's pretty sweet. Um, the other major thing that I assume that you are, you are, uh, you know, trying to turn get me to, to mention as well is, is the turn in the weather. So up to this week, basically it's been a very warm winter for, uh, the area of Iowa that I'm in. Um, it didn't, we only saw snow, I think twice since we've been here, you know, the month and a half that we've been here. And even then it didn't stick around. It was like snow in the morning and then it was melted by the end of the day. So, uh, you know, for Texan, it's still cold, but, uh, it's been, it's been warm and I've actually gotten used to it to where it's like, oh yeah, 40 degrees outside. Like, no, it's not even that cold. Um, so, which is pretty awesome. So it's been warm up until this week. Now and things have changed where uh, we had this this blizzard that's been going through, you know, the states and it finally hit us here in Iowa. And uh, so earlier this week, we got about uh, within a 24 hour period, we got about 10 or 11 inches of snow. Uh, So that Mm. was fun. And I say that like it actually was fun because this is all new and novel to my family. And so we're having fun in the snow. I don't know what I'm doing snow shoveling, uh, but it's a lot of fun. And we've got people coming over helping us out with stuff, which is which is super cool too, because they know what to do. They're telling us all the stuff that we need to get, and you know, to prep for things that are happening. So that happened. Um, and and a few days later, last night, uh, snowed another like five ish inches, which was actually less than they had predicted. They predicted about eight that it was going to be another uh, bunch. So so, anyways, there's tons of snow outside, and then in in. The next, the high for tomorrow is is a high of four degrees. Uh, the, oh, now it's saying two degrees, two degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, and then after that, the high for the day right now, my weather bug app is saying negative seven degrees Fahrenheit. And I don't know how to. I was going to say I don't know how to feel about that. I, I can have feelings. I don't know what to think about that. Like I just don't have. Any kind of um, comparison for that kind of cold, uh, th- th- yeah. 
So, so it's going to be fun. We're going to, we're going to find out what that's, what that's like. So yeah, those are kind of the, 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 that's what's been going on with me. Yeah. Yeah. I always, um, I mean, I, I was kind of hoping you would, uh, share the story about how like you, you kind of, you and I were texting back and forth a little mm-hmm. bit and and obviously mm-hmm. like, I just want you to share whatever you want to share. But then I was like, mm-hmm. you're like, Oh yeah, I had to, I had to clean my driveway. Yes. And my yes. driveway is very long. And so I started it shoveling it and I was like, and I, I just said, you need to buy yourself a snowblower. It's time for yes. big boy toys. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Yeah, that's true. Well, actually while I was outside, so we, we had some friends come over with a snowblower and use it and it's like, Oh wow, that's, that's, Awesome. That's pretty sweet. And then my wife, I don't know what she was looking at exactly. Um, but when I came inside, she was like, those things are expensive. Like that, that's awesome. They knocked it out, but those things are expensive. And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm sure they're pretty expensive. She was like, no, like they start off at like $700. I was like, huh? Okay. Some, some I don't of know. them do. Yeah. 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 She must've been looking at like some nice ones, but, um, anyways, I, I don't know if she, she noticed what, what he had at the time. Uh, but we actually have a family at the church that owns a few properties here around town. And so they go in and clean off the snow. They, they do driveways around here on like a, a major level. And they came this morning, they, they were just out and, uh, and they offered to come by and it was in a full on, I don't even know what you call it. I guess just a snow plow, but one of those like one person kind of machines. I've seen it for dirt. And I guess, I guess, it, it, I guess you could do it either like, way. Like a little, like one almost like a little plow. skid, kind of like a um, Bobcat makes them, makes, yes. makes a yeah. version of them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And that, yeah. that was pretty sweet also. <laughs> just come, comes in through the driveway and just pushes it all out of the way. So our driveway goes on the side of our house. And then we have a detached garage behind the house, like off to the side. So mm-hmm. the driveway goes all the way along the side. So it's long, but it's not like, it's, obviously it's right up against the house, but it's not right up against was, the house. Was there a Anyways. point when you were like shoveling, like, you know, you had sort of a, uh, um, like a, a Will Ferrell and Anchorman kind of like, and he's like, milk was a poor choice. Like that was, it was like, <laughs> I've made a huge mistake here. The, yeah. I mean, y- yes, but because we've had help, it has not been bad. It hasn't been at the driveway. It was actually after they left and they did the driveway. Cause I had pulled our van out of the driveway and put it on the side of the road, which you're not really supposed to do, but it was just while we were doing that. And so then the, the, I don't know what you call it again. You probably know the right term, but like the snow pusher from the city the, the, comes the down our truck. street. Yeah. Yeah. He mm-hmm. comes down our street. And so obviously since I'm parked on the side and minivan parked on the side, he just like he went just around pushed a big old wall right around. No, you. he, he actually didn't, which I was, I was surprised, but I, oh. I was just like, Oh, I know that I'm not supposed to do that. He just kept his distance. And so after I pulled my van back in, then there's still like, you can tell this part wasn't shoveled. So I started shoveling that. And towards the end of that, I'm like, I'm getting old. <laughs> like this, this is, is annoying. <laughs> this is the worst. And I'm doing this because I feel bad because like, I don't know if I'm going to get a ticket or something for, you know, parking on the side of the street. But anyways, just, anyways, yeah. Adventures. You know what? In, you in, just say like, like they come and they like give you the ticket and you say, I'm just a stupid Texan. Right. What I'm exactly. doing. I, and, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what, what is this white stuff on the ground. That's that's like feet high at this point. 
Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. yeah. So um, it's been fun. It's been fun cool. getting used to what yeah. winter feels like. How about yeah, you? Yeah. What you been up to? Um, you know, like it's, it's work. Um, we're, we're actually yeah. kind of in the process of, um, we're getting ready to put Byron in a daycare. Um, which okay. is, okay. we had avoided that. Like he was, we had some like sitter kind of situations and okay. it just like, we were eventually, we were going to have to come to this point anyways, but like it's, there's just been some stuff where it's like, it, it's just better for us to do it now, you know? Yeah. Gotcha. Versus later. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, there's, there's stuff around that. Um, but, and, uh, so Saturday we got like, it was like six or seven inches of snow and mm, uh, my yep. mom came in and she was actually, my mom stayed with us for a few days this week to, to watch B while Megan and I were at work. Um, nice. but, um, so Saturday was kind of like rough as far as like weather goes. And then, but Tuesday, Tuesday was like arguably the worst day. It was like, you know, and talking to some of the other carriers guys, it's like, this is like maybe like bottom three days I've ever experienced in the post office. Um, it started out like sloppy with like sleet and like kind okay. of like the, the, like just really sloppy, like a bunch of crap coming down on the road. Like, um, there, like Johnstown is a, is a, is a city. I throw that in up in scare quotes there. Um, but that is just, it, there's a lot of Hills and there were a lot of roads where it's like, as I'm driving into work, I'm like, well, I'm not bringing the truck up this, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm not bringing the mail truck up this road. Mm, I'm not yeah. going up this way. And it's, um, so there was like a lot of that. And then about halfway through the day, it started to warm up. But then we were, so we were getting, it, it graduated from, from like sleet to freezing rain to just like cold rain. Um, and it was just miserable. Just, Ugh. just the most disgusting day. Like I was so exhausted. Um, and, and of course it's like the, the, the plant managed to find like, every piece of junk they possibly, I, I'm, I'm, I, I swear, like, I think it's intentional. I think that there's just a bunch of malicious actors up at the plant and they hate us. And that's okay. <laughs> Cause I hate them back. Um, y- you know, and one of these days it's gonna, just going to erupt into all out warfare. Um, you know, the carriers mm-hmm. are going to descend on the plant and it's just going to be, uh, the, the parking lot will run, will run red. I don't know. It's like, it sounds dramatic, but uh, it, it was just disgusting. It was just a disgusting day. Um, so, mm. but I mean, aside from that, it's just, it's, it's getting cold. It, like I'm yeah. kind of like every once in a while, like I, we have this, like, like kind of, it's kind of nice. And I'm like, I, I might be able to sneak outside. I could probably go sit outside and have a scar. And then I'm like, Oh no, it's too cold. I don't want to do that. I need mm. to go get that heater thing that, um, Megan was gonna get me for Christmas, so I need to ah. go pick that up, pick that out, and pick it up. Um, but mm. that yeah, that reminds me, I did, I did actually the the day after it had snowed earlier, you know, with with the big snow after I had shoveled some snow and I played with the kids for a little while. The kids went inside because they were cold, and I was like, I feel good because I had been shoveling snow, so I wasn't I wasn't cold. Yeah. So 
So I did grab a cigar and I just kind of walked around and then I ended up texting with another buddy of mine for a while uh, and smoked a cigar outside and it was really good. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It was it was from a, a random pack that I had, so I had no context for it, but it was a uh, CAO, cow, mm-hmm. I don't know how to pronounce that. C-A-O. A Zocalo. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It was, it was, it was good. I think I like getting into the darker ones, not the, not the lighter ones. So anyways, yeah, fun. we, we will, um, at some point in time, like we, we can have a, a more in depth conversation That's about true. cigars. Um, I shouldn't what just bring I would, it up like that. Well, I mean, uh, what I would recommend with cigars is if you find one that you really like, keep the band. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. so, yeah. I mean, some guys More keep fun. the bands and then they throw them in jars and stuff and they look kind of cool, but nice. I just keep the bands of the one, the ones that I really like. I dig um, it. I dig so, it. So, but yeah, uh, we should move on. We are here looking mm-hmm. at like, you know, probably 20, 25 minutes ish of just uh, mustache talk, weather talk, <laughs> mostly weather talk. Um, mm. and which is, I mean, that's fine. That's that's good. But uh, we we do have other things to talk about. There are other that's forms true. that must be observed. Um, mm-hmm. We are a video game podcast, so at some point in time, we should probably talk about video games. But but before oh, we yeah. get into video games, we like to sort of talk about some other things that we're into. Um, in, in fact, usually we have a list. Um, mm-hmm. That's right. And, and later we're going to give out our report cards, but right now we're going to look into our backlog reports. And I have no Foley work for you this time. Uh, my report is digital, and so I don't have anything to, to put up again. But welcome to the backlog report. Hey. No, that's terrible. I like that. that I, but it's something. It's something. No, it's, so I, it's, I a, it's a failure. It. I, I give my Foley work an <laughs> F-. minus. Oh man, you're throwing out a lot of those. You certainly do not grade on a curve. Um, no. But with, this is pass or fail. <laughs> with that said, we'd just like to to report on some of the stuff that we've been into over since the last time that we recorded. So, so the first uh, category that we usually jump into are books and or podcasts, and you know, audiobooks, things we've been listening to. So, Parker, once again, be our guest. Have you been into, have you been reading any good books lately? Or uh, what is it? That sounds like a lame joke. Yeah, so uh, what you been reading? But anyways, <laughs> do, do you have any books to report on? Um, no, nothing really at the moment. Okay. I mean, I've been dabbling in a few old Puritan books, which I think nice. I mentioned on the last podcast. Mm-hmm. But um I've been busy with a number of other things. So no, I haven't hit a ton in the book category lately. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. We're just Um, going to judge you um, to your face. (laughs) We're going to look at your mustache. We're going to look you in the mustache and be like, disappointing. Look you in the mustache. That is quite... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the expression. Um, okay. Well, funny enough, I listened to, listened to a book. Uh, well, I, I, first off, I, I, I do have to say, like, I totally understand being busy and not, not being able to, I, however, um, have wanted to, you know, as I was looking at goals for the next year, I wanted to read more. Um, and so I listened to this book on reading. It's called Recovering the Lost Art of Reading. Um, it's by Leland Riken and Glenda Fay Mathis. Now, um, I would say that this book was, I mean, it, it was generally good. Um, 
there were a key, there, there were a few things that kind of pulled me away from it. Um, I do think it was a little too, I, I don't know the proper word. I, I think the, the authors hold books in higher esteem than I do. Cause they were pretty much saying like, this is the absolute best pastime you can ever partake in bar none, like, and hear all the reasons why. And like, okay, I get it. I, I get it. You're writing a book on reading books. Like, yes. Yeah. I, I understand. It, it just kind of came through a little bit, um, a little bit too much, uh, to my liking, but it was a nice little overview of how to read different genres of books and, and why it's important to read and things like that. Um, However, the other thing that took away from my enjoyment of the book, and I did, again, it was good. I still overall enjoyed it. But um, I listened to it on audiobook, and I think, so, so it's a male author and a female author. And so there was a male audiobook reader, narrator, and then a female uh, reader. And uh, I think the male reader was one of the worst, in my opinion, readers that I have ever heard for an audiobook, and it's not because he failed to to read it. It's because his inflection was very um, plastic, if that makes sense. Like every sentence that he said, it sounded like he didn't. Uh, it all had the same kind of like intonation that sounded very fake, and it was hard for me. So so he's extolling the virtues of reading books, and every sentence. Sounded very much like, but no, not that. That didn't sound right. You would have to listen to it, but it just grated on me the entire time that I was listening to it. So, um, it, once again, it's neither here nor there. It's simply that there were a few things going against my listening of this book, even though overall, yeah, it, it wasn't bad. That um, I cannot recommend the audiobook version because it was very difficult for me to get through it <laughs> simply because of the the narrator. Um, the only other book that I've been re- I've, I've been dabbling on some more that, that I'd mentioned on the last episode, but another book that I finished, I'd, I'd started this one quite a while ago, but I, I was able to finish up just the other day. It, it's called the pastor and counseling. So it's just like the basics of, of, uh, of counseling of, of, you know, g- giving counseling based on scripture. Um, and it's by Jeremy Pierre and Deepak Reju. And uh, it was good. It was good. It was a very basic overview, but it was it was a good kind of like nuts and bolts. Like, here is how you are to do it. And, you know, obviously base what you have to say on scripture. Um, so it it was a good book, especially for, you know, my stage of life and where I'm at right now as a mm-hmm. new pastor. So, um, yeah, that's what I've been reading. Nate, yeah. do you have anything? Uh, it's still kind of plugging away through the fellowship of the ring. And it's, it's, nice. it's funny cause I got a, a, uh, a message from Porcho and he was like, yeah. So I started mm-hmm. listening to the fellowship of the ring as well. And it's the, the one that narrated by Andy circus He's like, and it's, it's, it's pretty good up until the point where Tom Bombadil comes and Andy circus starts singing. And I'm like, okay. yeah, I, I struggled with that part. And it's just like, because uh-huh. like, um, and it's it's not it's not Andy Circus's voice work. It's just the fact mm-hmm. that Tom Bombadil like sings everything, and yes. it's maddening. Um, <laughs> so it's it just, hey, Derry ho, Derry. You know? Yeah, it's just <laughs> like not? oh, like I, I want to take a nice pick and jam it right in my ear. Um, oh, jeez, n- not um, not a, not really, really, but 
And I, I kind of laughed because it was like, yeah, I kind of breathed a sigh of relief when I got to the other, like when I was like, we're done with Tom. Okay. Like, you know, mm. um, and then you go to the Barrow Whites and Tom comes back and you're just like, <laughs> <laughs> you again, <laughs> I thought I got rid of you and your stupid yellow boots. I hate everything. Um, <laughs> but, uh, it, it's, I mean, it's, it's the the fellowship of the ring and there's just like uh, i just the other day was listening to that passage where um frodo like the the hobbits are talking to aragorn and there's this quote that it happens in that 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 part of the book that i think is just phenomenal where basically uh, frodo looks at aragorn and says i think a servant of the enemy would seem fairer and feel fouler and Aragorn kind of makes a, a joke and says, are you saying, like, basically says, like, you know, um, you're saying I'm not pretty. <laughs> and, you know, it's like, it's like, <laughs> or he basically says, like, yeah, I do look like a little bit of a rascal, don't I? Or something like that. And it's like, <laughs> it was just, it was like fun and kind of like there was a charm and a humor there. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's mm. a great quote. Um, Nice. But um, based on sort of last episode, you, you brought up a book that uh, you had listened to called Digital Litur- Liturgies. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I'm about halfway through. Um, I think okay. it's pretty interesting. And um, I can definitely see, like you said, one of the things that you, you kind of critiqued was that like he doesn't really have any like practical outworkings. Right. Like he doesn't sort of like, he doesn't button it up neatly at the end and say like, here are the, the practices that we can do. And I, I, that could be a weakness, but I also sort of see like, I think like it's just as a general rule, he's as like, as he's talking or as he's writing the book, a lot of times, I think like the answers are there. Like he's like, you know, stop being so he's not saying completely abstain from the internet he's like but we need right to, he's right. like start living in the real world um and start you know pursuing wisdom and things like that mm-hmm. so um so yeah it's not like um it would probably be a little more helpful to have something at the end and say like here are some resources for how you can sort of untangle yourself from your phone or whatever um, mm-hmm. and if he doesn't like not doing that, but otherwise I think it's a really interesting sort of, uh, bit of work on just like the fact that like, he's igno- like, you know, he, he, he kind of, and he references Jamie Smith's uh, book, you are what you worship or you are what you love. Right. Or yeah. A yeah. good bit. James K.A. Smith. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He also, uh, like anybody who, uh, the author of infinite jest, I'm, I'm, blanking on the name right now um mm. david foster wallace D- dfw yeah david foster wallace like he references david foster wallace a lot which i'm like Meh, okay like that's <laughs> kind of like some of it's not bad um but I, I i do think like it's interesting that he's like kind of like pulling some strings and saying like no this is like the, the way the internet is working on us is more of a liturgical experience than um it's 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 just like and it's changing the way that we think and everything else. I I thought that was yeah. And some of it's like duh, but also some of it's like no. It's very it's it's interesting. Um, mm-hmm. So di- digital liturgies, um, yeah, I'm enjoying that. I also we haven't started yet, but we bought a book called Hebrews and You by Michael Kruger. Um, okay, 
and it's basically sort of a walk through Hebrews. We're going to start using that for family worship. So uh, moving forward, I will hopefully have some, you know, some things to say about that book. I mean, Kruger's. That's awesome. I mean, you know, he's, yeah. he's pretty solid. So, um, and then it's not really uh, an audio book or a podcast or, or it's not a book or anything, but um, within the last couple of weeks, I've been listening a lot to, it was a band that I wasn't really into a lot at all. But I've been listening okay. to Rise Against. Okay. Um, <laughs> nice. Because like, I just like, it was like, I, I listened to a lot of the bands, like I, like, that was like my era of music. And like, I knew okay. who Rise Against was, but like at the same time, like it was like, I had the Murphys, I had like no effects. I had like, I had my other, like I had my staples. Like there wasn't a lot of like other stuff getting like thrown in the mix and I feel sure. and like, I really love their sound like mm-hmm. ideologically, like some lyrically I'm kind of like, eh, not great, but like they have like such a, it's like, it's kind of West coasty, but it's, it's got like some of the, the, the cleaner crisper sort of like tones that like West coast mm-hmm. punk pop punk, whatever you want it like has, but it's like, it's got like a little, also there's some edge to it. And I don't know. I just, I, li- I like their sound a lot. Like there's a couple songs I was nice. listening to and the riffs were going through and I was like, Oh, that is nasty. I, <laughs> I love that. Like, so it's nice. I would the- not recommend rise against unless you really like that, <laughs> that style of music. Um, I think, but I thought they had a cool sound and I've been like, kind of like cool. digging their sound. So nice. The, the lead pastor of the church where I work, he likes rise against a lot too. So it's funny you mentioned him cause I was listening to him a bit just because of that and dude, the dude's got a killer voice man i dude, love they just have yeah gravel great voice and, he's yeah. got like he he has like the right amount of like gravel or rasp or whatever mm-hmm. um yeah. he, he's doesn't have like a, a killer range or anything but like they right yeah and, and the guitar like the guitars and every like everything they do is just like it's like this they it's kind of like they dirty it up because it's like punk rock ish right mm-hmm. But it's also like got these like really like kind of like punchy clean tones sometimes where I'm like, how do you do that? How do you make that sound? Because <laughs> oh, anyways, I, I don't want to get, but yeah, that's cool. I'm I'm nice. kind of like, oh dude, like I was like, and turn my buddy Jeremy, uh, we were talking a little about. He's like, oh yeah, he's like, I love a lot of their stuff. He's like, their lyrics kind of suck for a lot of songs. <laughs> he's like, but their sound is awesome. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> so anyways nice nice so all right um that's that's what i've been listening to lately awesome what have you been watching awesome. gentlemen parker what have you have you watched anything interesting he says you haven't read anything interesting hmm. uh, i'm gonna keep with the theme of great mustaches and um <laughs> i'm gonna say i watched an old charlie chaplin movie called city lights Oh, wow. I mean, we're talking like old as in this is probably like early 1930s, like still silent, like people, people aren't talking yet, kind of old. And um, the movie's great. It's just got like Chaplin sort of like um, slapstick and humor and just zaniness like at its finest. And so, you know, I, I actually watched it with my family when they were in town and wasn't sure how they would like it. I, I used to be a bit of a film snob 
back in the day. So I okay. can sit and watch a silent movie and it's like no big deal for me, but the rest of my family, you know, they may not be along for the ride. So sure. I tested it out with them and they were just hooked right away because it's such a visual film, you mm-hmm. know, and because you can't really multitask. Like that's the other thing with a silent film. You can't be looking at your phone and watching a silent no. film. It just mm-hmm. doesn't work. So <laughs> in that way, it's so visual and it kind of commands your attention in that way that it just like had them sort of hooked like right from the beginning and they were they were laughing and there's just some really great historic scenes there's a great boxing scene where he gets into the this kind of like underground boxing ring and he starts boxing this guy but then the ref gets into the middle of it and then they're fighting with the ref and there's all this kind of crazy zany chaplin-esque humor going on it's just phenomenal movie so um if you ever get a chance and you want to watch a, a silent movie, but like a really good one, you know, that kind of like typifies mm-hmm. like the best of the breed for that. I would recommend Chaplin's City Lights. Nice. I'll have to check that one out. That's awesome. That's awesome. Now to the to the other end of the spectrum here, I, I dipped my toes in. I don't even think I finished the first episode of it, but on Netflix, I didn't know it had been released. So when I saw it, I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead and start it. And then I fell asleep probably like 20 minutes into it. Um, but you is that because show. it was not good or just, because no, it's because tired. I was really tired. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, I was actually surprised at how much. Okay. So, so Yu Yu Hakusho is this manga anime. Okay. It's, it's, it's a fighting anime. I watched the, I watched the anime all the way through and I really enjoyed it, but it's, it's one of those like battle, uh, anime. So, how do you do that live action? Uh, you know, on paper, that doesn't sound like it would work. And I didn't really get to that. It was all just kind of set up, but I was really impressed with the way that it was pulled off. Um, if you know, if you've seen any of it, the character, the main character dies in the first episode. It's not, it's not a spoiler because then he comes, Yu Yu Hakusho, I believe means spirit detective. I could be wrong on that, but he becomes a spirit detective. And, uh, the scene where he dies is pretty graphic in the show, which I was really surprised. He gets hit by a car and you see his body just like rolling around. And I was like, whoa, that, uh, that was pretty intense. Um, anyway, so I enjoyed what I watched, but I didn't watch very much of it. So I'm going to, I'm going to see if I can go back to it and not fall asleep again. But also like you mentioned, Parker, uh, with shows that are in other languages it are not good multitasking shows. Uh, you have to, you know, you have to pay attention because you have to read the subtitles in order to know what's going on. So, uh, anyways, that's Yu Yu Hakusho live action on Netflix. Um, the other movie that I watched with my wife just the other night um, that I really enjoyed. It's called The Holdovers. Um, I say I really enjoyed it. Okay, it's rated R, so there's lots of language in it. Um, but it's it's filmed in such a way that it looks like it takes place in the seventies. At a at a boarding school uh, for boys, and th- the whole premise is basically it's Christmas break, and so there's only a few people that stay at the boarding school: this teacher, um, a couple kids, and the um, the head of of like the line cooks that are there. The, the cooks, she's there as well, and uh, it's basically the man. I'm, I'm having a hard time even describing it. But it's it's a little bit of a slow burn because it's a longer movie, but it's really about digging into um, what's going on in each of these characters' lives. And uh, and basically by the end of it, you see like all the stuff that each of the characters are going through and why they act the way they do. 
And so it just kind of not unravels, but sort of, you know, as it, as it goes into this character piece. And I thought it was really good. Um, if you don't like those kinds of movies that take their time, that are more subtle, that are not like big on plot, but are big on characters, then, then you probably won't like this movie. Like 10 years ago, I don't know if I would have liked this movie very much. Um, but we really enjoyed it. I say that there is a piece of plot, like some of the, some movies like that just kind of go on and nothing happens. And it's just like, Oh, I learned more about these characters, but there is a definitive like third act. Something happens at the very end, which like halfway into the movie, I wasn't sure if it, if that's where it was going to go. And it did. And, uh, and I thought it, it ended very well as well. So it was very satisfying as well. So, um, if you're interested, in, I again, I really enjoyed it. However, it is rated R. There's lots of language, um, but the holdovers. I believe it's streaming on Peacock. But yeah, I enjoyed okay. it. Is, How about you? Is Nate? that the? Is that like? Yep. Is that the one that Paul Giamatti is in? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. When he's got I've a seen, lazy eye. I've seen trailers for it. Yeah. Um, yeah. It yeah. looks, you know, interesting. Kind of like, um, yeah. Uh, if you're in the mood I'm, for a slow burn, yeah. So we started out pretty high. Uh, mm-hmm. You kind of, you, you know, you dipped us a little bit with Yu Yu Hakusho, and then you brought it back <laughs> up. You classed it up Low again brow. with the holdovers. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm just going to run us straight into the gutter. Um, I <laughs> have just been weeb trash lately. Uh, I haven't been watching anything um, substantial. What I have been, well, I, I, I won't say that. I, I finished that. Pluto on Netflix and okay it's very good um okay it it is some i it is so i was watching it yesterday and Megan was was home and I, I'm sitting on the couch watching it. And she like I was kind of like very invested watching it. And like like I was like there was visible discomfort in my face or it looked like I was like watching the movie and I was reacting to it. And she thought like I was like frustrated with her or with something else. And Aww. I was like, no, I'm watching this show and it's doing something to me. Um, like I'm kind of like not happy about the circumstances mm. <laughs> that are going on in this show. Um, it's very, very good. Uh, it's a, it's a really uh, interesting sort of take on sort of that, that again, a, an Astro boy storyline and yeah, that's right. um, that's right. uh, like a retelling of that. So it's, it's very good. Uh, and it just like, I think too, like it's just, it's pretty wild uh, that, a really phenomenal piece of animation like that uh, found its home on Netflix. Um, it's it's definitely one of those things that if it ever comes out on any sort of like physical Blu-ray or anything like that, I will probably try and pick it up because I think it's it's something pretty special. I nice. also one of the other ones that I've kind of been hearing about, like because like and you know and again that's I sort of talked about how like Netflix is kind of making a name for itself in animation right now. Um, but I had heard things that like uh, this show called the blue eyed samurai, which is also on Netflix. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's kind of an anime, but it's like one of the ones that's done in sort of that, like uh, it's, it's kind of like computer rendered kind of thing. Um, I I don't know. It's got like a, 
it's not traditionally cell style animated. Like, um, it's okay. Like where Pluto, like very much looks like cell style animation, you know, um, like very high quality cell style animation, uh, blue eyed samurai has kind of like, a just that newer kind of like, uh, if you watched, uh, the Ultraman, uh, cartoon thing that netflix did Mm -hmm. it's kind of like that that style which is when it's done well it's really good um it's it's better than that in my opinion uh it is very it makes no bones like you know like the thing is like pluto is like like tv pg um blue-eyed samurai is is tvr maybe even TVM. Oh, wow. it's like lots of guts well not guts but like okay. blood just fountains of blood at times um very kind of strong themes there has been some nudity already in it which mm. i'm kind of like it made sense in the context but i it's like i a little squishy there like i'm like i don't like that um yeah if they continue to press into that, it might be enough for me to dip out. But if it's just like, we'll, we'll see. Like I'm, I'm the jury's still out on it. You know, it's not, it's not explicit, graphic, nasty nudity. Um, so, uh, not to ruin yeah. it for you, Nate, but I have heard from other sources that there's quite a bit of both male and female in that one. So just buckle up. Uh, oh, well, no. and if that's because like the story is compelling, and that's the thing is like from the first episode, it's like, it's a revenge story and it's like, and, um, anyways, so if it, if I drop, like if it does get like really gross and whatever, and I dip out, like I'll let you guys know. Um, but yeah, I've been watching that. And then it's something that's like, uh, just a little more standard fare, but it's just like, it is so much fun and it's got really it doesn't really have like this amazing style to it. It looks kind of like in, in some ways like generic anime design characters. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's like got really great color. Um, it's Zom 100. Uh, the, like, um, which is like basically, and the only, I had started this and the only reason I went back to it is because I was listening to uh, the, the final episode of Talk TRG and Logan brought up the fact that like he was he read through the manga or whatever he was reading the manga, and I was like, well, I haven't. And he was like, and the only reason he did that was because like the show has been kind of inconsistent. But I was like, I like that that first episode. Like I'll go back and I'll watch it, and it's it's fun. It's like it's kind of like it could be really gross and gory because it's about a zombie apocalypse, but like all of the red is like splashes of like neon blues and yellows and like. So instead of like the zombies hmm. being like these gross red and black and decaying things, there's like splashes of like just fluorescent stuff. And I think like there's something about like that, like in the, the design aesthetic that I just really like. And the, 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 the character sort of like lineup isn't anything amazing. You've kind of got like the, the dumb happy go lucky, like, you know, devil may care kind of protagonist. And you've got like, uh, uh, a funny kind of just like bizarre goofball sidekick. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, like normal tropes are kind of just popping up and it's like, but it's, it's a, a fun for now. It's a fun little romp. So it's like, cool. But nice. 
So yeah, that's what I've been watching. Like I said, nothing serious. Like I just jumped straight into weeb trash. I was like, you know, um, <laughs> like I'm just, I'm going to like, I'm going to make this thing gross. Um, so yeah. Nice. But how, how about, uh, what have you guys been playing lately? Uh, Parker, um, I know, like you and I have talked a little bit about this, but you know, what, what's, what's on your sort of like gaming agenda here recently? So I played too many games in 2023 and uh, okay. to start the new year here, I'm actually taking January off of games. So I'm kind of doing a bit of a games fast, reclaiming mm -hmm. a lot of that time just to be in prayer, in the word and kind of just refocusing and reprioritizing. Um, I do play a little bit of like, you know, um, if somebody says, Hey, like, let's hop on and play for a little bit. I'm not opposed to that. I'm not trying to be like a rigid aesthetic about it or anything. So I, I've played actually with your brother, Nate, he and I have played a little mm -hmm. bit of uh, monster hunter rise and I'll hop on and do like, I like to use ring fit adventure for like a workout. So I, I don't really count that as a video game. That's more of a workout, like a gamified workout <laughs> than a video game. So yeah. I give myself a free pass with stuff like that. But, um, no, I've just been taking the month off. It's been it's been really good, really um, refreshing, and I've just been using the time to be in the Word and in prayer, and just kind of starting twenty twenty four fresh. And I think um, the games that I do play this year, I'll probably be a little more focused on. Like it's going to have to be something I really want to play. Versus last year, I just tried to play everything because it felt like everything was coming out. So yeah. I'm going to try to avoid that this year and and just be more focused. So. Yeah. That's yeah. Awesome. No, that's that's awesome. And you know, I that's that actually in talking to you about that, that's probably what I'm gonna be doing in February is sort of something very similar. So um but yeah. Um Josh, how about you? What have you been playing? Uh basically nothing. The funny thing is the only thing that, that um I have played is what you mentioned, Parker, Ring Fit Adventure. <laughs> That's the only thing, um, which I'm kind of surprised that my kids have not asked me to play more Mario Wonder, um, but in the move and all that stuff. They, they've actually been getting into Ring Fit Adventure, which is really funny to me, but they really enjoy it. And, and because I don't really consider it much of a video game, like when they wake up in the morning, they'll ask if they can play the exercising game is what they call it. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> sure. Like, it's not, it, it, you know, normally we don't let them have screen time in the morning like that, but because it's exercise like yeah go yeah. for it so yeah. um so really that's all that's all, there's been so much you know setting up the house and, and doing all that stuff that i really have not uh sat down you've and played been playing real life the game the graphics yes. are awesome the gameplay yeah. is terrible moving out <laughs> isn't that a game where you're like moving boxes and stuff that's like true that. that's one i think of like you know unpacking yeah <laughs> If there, I, there's a power wash simulator, there's got to be like snow shoveling simulator, right? Something like that. There's um, there's a lawn mowing definitely. simulator. I'm sure there's some yeah. sort of like yeah. you know snow plow. There's got to be, but so. uh, yeah, not not the case, not the case for me. So really, that's that's it. I'm still, you know, as far as the beatdown goes, absolutely nothing because I haven't finished anything. I also haven't purchased anything, so that's good. Mm -hmm. um, you know, two weeks in, but here we are. How about you, Nate? What you been playing? Um, so I, the, the last couple of weeks and, uh, 
part of it has just been like I, this year. One of the things I want to do is uh, I want to play some of the stuff that I bought last year. So I'm going to be targeting Spider-Man two. Yes. I'm going to be targeting final okay. fantasy 16. Okay. Um, we've got some games for the podcast. that I, I sort of need to, to put on the burner uh, as well, but I've just kind of been like screwing around. Um, coming off a of sea of stars, I did fire up the messenger and I've kind of been playing that. And now I know what happens with it. Okay. I know that like it kind of becomes yeah. basically a Metroidvania at a certain point. What mm-hmm. I'm going to say is like getting to that part is tough. <laughs> like, okay. It's yeah. an old school, like Ninja Gaiden esque kind of platformer. And some of those sequences, I'm just like, oh, you know, and there's a lot of really cool like movement in it. It's it's a lot of fun. They they kind of introduce new upgrades every couple of levels. Um, but yeah, I just was like, it's good. I might kind of save it to to come back to come back to it um, in in March when I'm done, uh, and just okay. maybe you play that as part of like sort of a Metroidvania March kind of purge. Mm. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I've been playing around with that. It's, it's really good. Uh, but it is, it is kind of tough. Um, I've also been fooling around with indivisible, which is, um, okay. Yeah. Isn't uh, the Valkyrie profile esque one. Yeah, yeah, it it is. It's got like some like platforming and sort of like some Metroidvania sort of like gatekeeping, like oh, you need this ability kind of thing. Um, okay, it's it's a really interesting game. Um, really, uh, really nice, really solid design, really beautiful colors. Uh, gameplay is pretty tight. Um, Parker and I were talking a little bit about it because he had played it and. Um, I definitely can, like I'm I'm not quite there, but I can definitely sort of feel like this this is a game that could probably very easily overstay its welcome. Um because while the gameplay is really good, like it gets to be a bit much too. Like there's like you have mm-hmm. to learn this kind of jump and then this thing to do the wall traversal, and it's like I, I'm just like, oh mm, it just this feels like a bit much. Um or it could gotcha. be become a bit much very very quickly um but Mm. i'm in it i'm enjoying it it's yeah it's got that valkyrie profile sort of like you know button prompt stuff it's it's good Mm. i'm 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 kind of digging it um i do want to probably cross that one off the list before the end of the month um i've also as well as like one one of the things that I I just want to circle back and just hit Diablo four, finish out the seasonal content, and be done with that. Uh, I've got like a, gotcha. a week or two for that uh, to to deal with that. But um, I've I've been one of the other things is like I want to shore up some like weak spots that I have in sort of like my gaming cred, uh, and I mm-hmm. for the longest time avoided. Uh, a lot of first person shooters like COD and Battlefront and um sure. yeah. or Battlefield. Like all of it. Like I just I was like, I liked a few of them. Um, but I just mm-hmm. I it just I didn't like them as a general rule. So I'm kind of like I've 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 decided that this year I'd like to and none of them are long games. Like, you know, none of the CODs have like really lengthy campaigns. Battlefield doesn't have like this massive like 20 hour, 30 hour story. 
Um, so I'm just kind of like playing through the campaign and I've, I've got the, the call of duty modern warfare remaster. Um, and the, okay. I've heard that the original modern warfare and modern warfare two are probably some of the best, like they're, they're like kind of like they lay the ground for just like what cod like would become. Uh, and then eventually like I have, I actually have call of duty, uh, black ops, cold war. Um, which I've heard is maybe one of the best campaigns in the series. So my goal is to like get through all of those, but I've been playing uh, remaster and it's, I'm, I'm just not, it's fine. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't see what people like about it. Honestly, like I'm probably about halfway through the campaign and I'm just frustrated sometimes because it's like, listen, I, what I'm going to tell you, like just say is like, and maybe this is just like a design problem of that era. There should not be monster closets in a tactical first person shooter. Like mm. if I'm trying to clear a building, you don't just keep like having dudes spawn into that building. Like, no, that's that. No, no. If I'm trying to like, if I'm trying to clear the building, so me and my squad can inhabit it. It's not just like, Oh, I emptied this room. I sort of, like walk back out into the hallway and now there's a dude in that room again shooting me in the back like what no <laughs> um but i'm like i'm gonna get through it um but hmm. yeah i'm gonna just because it's not long it's it's a no, few yeah, hours it's, a short it's game. like yeah six seven hours and maybe oh, i'll okay kind of like change my mind i've i've just had several moments where i've just been like i ah, this is there was this like right towards the beginning, there's a sequence where you have to escape this sinking ship. And for whatever mm -hmm. reason, like, like I was like trying to run up this catwalk like five times and it was just like, and I'm, I'm sprinting the whole time. Like as soon as he starts slowing down, I hit the sprint button again. And I'm like sprint, sprint, sprint. And you're like, and this thing falls out and it just bunk, you're dead. And I'm going like, but what? why? Like I'm moving <laughs> as fast as I can along this catwalk. It's like, you're too slow. And I'm like, Huh. Uh, so there's just things like that that just kind of make me a little crazy. Um, but yeah, uh, as far as like, I did beat Beyond Eyes, which like, okay, it was cute. Um, it's kind of sad. Um, like, listen, anytime an animal dies, um, and spoiler, spoiler, sorry, none of you guys are going to play this thing. Um, <laughs> Old Yeller? The kitty dies. Oh, and, no. and, um, but I don't know. It's, it's a cute, it's, it's a cute story. Like, it's like, I, I, I wrote a review for it on GG and it's basically sort of falls in the same camp as Abzu. If you already own it, okay. play through it. It's interesting. It's, it's kind yeah. of like an interesting idea. It's pretty decent execution. It's not going to blow your mind, but it's worth like the two or three maybe four hours that it'll take. It's like, Oh, this is okay. interesting. Um, was, was the then, cat named beyond? No, no. Okay. No. Cause I thought that gave it away beyond dies. No, no, uh, <laughs> you're terrible. That's yeah. horrible. Yes. Shake, shake your head <laughs> disapprovingly Parker, you know, leverage the full majesty of that mustache and just let Josh know that it was poorly done. Um, 
Um, I did, however, Tunic was on sale for like, and it wasn't like a massive mm. sale, but I had been eyeballing Tunic for, you know, basically as soon as it came on the PlayStation. So I was like, I used a little bit of that credit that my wife had given me um, and I picked okay. up tunic so i am that game's sitting... really hard nate by the way it looks cute and fun but it will kick your butt oh just no no i know i know that it's mm. like it's like one of those things where it's just like oh i'm going to grind you into the dirt and i'm like <laughs> okay okay nice um i i know that i'm going to have to come at it like when like i'm going to have to be ready for it but it's like it's definitely one of those games that i'm like i want to check out um so yeah. the negative one from beating beyond eyes was very quickly canceled out by the plus one from uh, picking up tunic, which I'm also at zero goose egg. Um, but there that being go. said, um, that's all I've been playing lately. Uh, you know, which is a lot, but yeah. So it's, it's time friends you know, we were just talking about the beatdown meta. You know what's coming next. If you've been listening to the podcast for any amount of time, you know what's coming next. It's time for plugs. So we were talking about the beatdown. Obviously, what are we going to be talking about next? We're going to be talking about GG, the official app of the Backlog Beatdown. It's a letterbox style app for your video game collection, uh, built and des- designed by our friend Charles Watson. Um, and th- it, there's a, a few things in there, like, you know, really fairly standard I guess, kind of like things, but you can do custom lists. You can rate review games. Uh, you can, uh, you can see what your friends are playing. Uh, you can follow Josh. You can follow me on there. You can follow lots of different people. Um, and you can see what they're playing. You can sort of see what's trending. Uh, it's got a, a decent little sort of like social ish kind of, toolbar thing in there and if you like what it you see like and you can check that out for free 99 for zero dollars you can check this app out you can sign up get yourself an account um and if you like what you see uh for five bucks a month or fifty dollars a year you can get access to the elite tier um which um for the most part is uh just a little bit more access to charles um you have you can like he he gets a lot of input from the elite tier people like he says like hey you know what should i prioritize you know like you know and when he's like you you'll actually get um you'll you can sort of beta test for him you can be part of like the early builds you can sort of have access to that and um so check it out we we really like the app we really like charles and uh we think it's worth you know at least some time and attention uh other things that you can throw money at it's it's us we have a patreon like almost every other podcast on the face of the planet um (laughs) unlike most other podcasts on the you know on the face of this planet we're not gonna come to you and say money please i mean we will but we'll do it ironically and because it's hysterical um but not literally um we actually just want you to think of it as a bit of a tip jar, um, mm-hmm. but it's a tip jar with benefits. So each of our patrons gets uh, basically access to the Brohang, which is a patron exclusive podcast. They get early and uncut access to each and every episode alongside a video feed. They also get a special role in our Discord server. And uh, in addition to like the the Patreon, they just have a little bit more access to us in general. Um, mm-hmm. We are running some events, like uh, we've got a book club uh, of event 
or a backlog draft event sort of kicking off here in the next couple of weeks. And while everybody in the server and anybody listening to the podcast can participate in that, um, only our patrons will be on for that particular episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that. Uh, one of the other things that our patrons get to do is they, uh, every year uh, they can pick a game or a topic for us to, to discuss or to play. And uh, they can, they can hop on the mics and join us uh, to, to talk about that aforementioned game or topic. But um, yeah. And you know, we really like those guys and um, yeah. That's right. And speaking of our patrons, we just want to give a quick shout out before we, uh, before we move on here. So there are patrons include Micah Gear Solid, Wes the Henshin Dad, Paul the Techno Funk Boy, Trash Turkey, Dorian, All Your Basement Belong to Us, I believe is how we finish that out. Uh, the Judge, mm-hmm. which is Eric Bryant, Big Chill, Alex, you're the man, uh, Porcho, uh, who has his own podcast, which we will get to in just a second, Spike with the Alter Nate, love that, and now uh, 11 and a half minutes to talk about Mark, and Isaac the Wanderer, the Sojourner himself, who um, is actually only a few hours away from me, which is kind of cool. Cool, because Iowa weather is very cold right now. Oh, sorry, dad joke. Um, But along with our patrons, and speaking of Wes and, and Paul, who's in there, and also Nick, they have podcasts that we dig. And we actually came together. We made a little network, the Playwell Network that we are all a part of, where we just like to go a little bit deeper in our entertainment, not just for entertainment's sake, but but to see some of the best stuff that we can pull out. So whether it's video games, uh, whether it's um, live... Sorry, I'm trying to think of the, the right term. Um, Actual the, play? Actual play. Man, when you... I don't know what it is. The microphone's making well, dude, me dumb. Well, dude, I think the thing is, like, because I did it for so long that it actually <laughs> remembered it. You know. You know. Yeah. Actual play podcast that Paul does. Uh, Wes has his Retronym podcast where he talks about video games or he'll talk about some other stuff like Doctor Who and things like that. Um, and then Nick has Nothing New Under the Porch uh, where he talks about video games and once again, other things that are going on in his life or other things to talk about. So we really love those guys. Uh, check it out at, at theplaywellnetwork.com or hear a word from one of them right now. Hey there, I'm Wes and I run the Henshin Dab podcast. If you don't know what that is, well, it's a one man show where I talk about all the things that you need to know about the tokusatsu genre from Japan. If you've seen shows like Power Rangers and Ultraman, then you've seen Tokusatsu. And I just happen to think those types of shows are pretty cool. So come on over and take a listen as I discuss all the current and retro happenings in the genre. You can find it over at anchor.fm forward slash henshindad. I'll see you there, and don't forget, henshin a go-go, baby! And we're back. So, folks... Tonight, as we've sort of alluded to, or maybe even explicitly mentioned tonight, we're going to be kind of doing a bit of a report card episode on the big three. We're going to take a look at 2023 for Nintendo, uh, PlayStation, and Xbox, and we're going to give them a grade. Um, And now, unlike school, this is not going to be a grade given on any sort of strict criteria. It's more of us just taking shots or giving you know, 
flowers to to whoever we like or whoever we want. And I think you know one of the things is like across the board, video games as an industry, um, and, and just like the the releases and just like the amount of stuff that was coming out out last year, phenomenal, phenomenal output. Just like. You know, I think this is like all the stuff that we were sort of sitting on and waiting, like that got held up by COVID and and the, all of that crap. Like, it's it's in the system. Like it's it's out in the wild now, right? Mm-hmm. Um, on the other hand, the industry itself, there were a lot of layoffs. Uh, some uh, mm-hmm. some studios were shut down. Um, I think was that uh, the the one who was like. The other company, not Microsoft, but the other company that was just buying everything, Embracer. The Embracer group was yeah. buying like every like mid-tier studio known to man, and they had a massive deal sort of fall uh, through. Uh, so yeah. it's it's kind of just been, and, and there are consequences for all of that. Um, but, you know, we're not going to, and again, we're not going to get too into the weeds. We, we just, we really do want to drill down on Microsoft and, and Sony and Nintendo tonight. So mm-hmm. let's talk about some of the, well, I think, and, and, you know, this, I don't have this in the notes, but um, uh, let's talk about some of the, some of the, mo- the best moves. And uh, I think one of the things too, is like at some, I'm going to try and find a way to shoehorn in and just talk about like the exclusives. Um, and so, Okay. We'll just who do you guys want to start with? Like, and we'll just keep this order. Should we go like Nintendo, Microsoft, PlayStation, PlayStation, Microsoft, Nintendo, Microsoft? Should we just do it alphabetically? MNOP? Sure. Joshua? <laughs> yeah, that you, works. Uh, okay. I'm I was trying to think of what you meant by MNOP. Like alphabetically. M yes. N O P. Like right. the O, there's no O, so MNP. Um, okay, okay, that's what was. I was just in my yeah. head. Okay, so in my head, I was like elemental P. Oculus. I don't know. Uh, okay, yeah. yes, <laughs> alphabetical sounds great. Other O is for other. Uh, oh, gotcha. No, but um, no. So let's talk about Microsoft. Um, obviously, one of the the biggest things that kind of and it was for a while. It seemed a little dicey. Um, but basically the ABK merger went through and, Mm -hmm. um, you you know, with that insomniac leaked report that came out, not like the, the, the insomniac leak stuff, like, you know, PlayStation is kind of not super happy about, I mean, obviously that that's kind of like one of those things. Well, obviously they're not super happy (laughs) about ABK being acquired. Um, but there's, I think there's, there's, they're, they're feeling like there's a, there's a little bit of like maybe blood in the water there, um, where they're mm. kind of like, do not like the position that they're in, especially. But let's, let's talk about some of the best moves that Microsoft made. Um, Parker, why don't you sort of like lead the charge here? Like, what, what, what's the like the, the one or two things that you think just really like outstanding uh, this year for Microsoft? Sure. Well, I get. We're, so first off, we're talking about 2023, right? Not yes, 2023. Yes, yeah. last so, year. So Microsoft just announced this week that they're going to have a developer direct next week, and so it makes me think of uh-huh. the developer direct they had last year. 
And it was a huge um, push from Microsoft in a couple of ways. One, because everything or pretty much everything that they announced at their developer direct last year ended up coming out last year. And it was at the end of that developer direct that they basically shadow dropped Hi-Fi Rush, which really sort of shocked a lot of people because they didn't even know that this game was a thing. And mm -hmm. then it was like, and go to your Xbox and download this thing and play it like later today. And people were like, that sounds great. Let's check it out. And it actually turned out to be a really great game. I played it, I beat it. I have nothing but really good things to say about it. I think it's a really phenomenal title. Um, and uh, there's another piece of that because now, uh, you know, Microsoft is actually in talks with um, Nintendo to port the game to the Switch potentially. Mm -hmm. So there's it's a whole other conversation we could get into about that. It's been but, rated in Australia for Nintendo and PlayStation. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, I mean, there's a chance that it's coming to both, but yes. Um, yeah, so I mean, so I guess there's a couple things just with talking about Hi-Fi Rush. One of them is that uh, just the fact that they would deliver such a high quality game and shadow drop it at the end of a developer direct and let people play it for free on Game Pass was like really awesome. They needed a lot of really good will from people. They've squandered a lot of that in the past. So they started off last year on a pretty high note with folks because folks were like super pumped about this game. and. I thought it was great. I mean, it's a really unique, colorful, fun to play game. It's very, it's got a great soundtrack. It's just fun. Hmm. It's just a great fun game to play. Um, so yeah, that was, that was um, great. I think they had a few like dope moves as they moved throughout the year. But if we're just talking about how they kicked the year off, um, Hi-Fi Rush was definitely a good starting point for 2023 for Microsoft. Absolutely. And I think like, you know, you can kind of make a joke um, that like Hi-Fi Rush did not have a ton of impact. Like there were people talking at the, the game awards of like, why isn't Hi-Fi Rush here? And I'm like, well, because everybody talked about it for about a month and then it went away. And I'm not even sure, like, I'm not even sure we can give it a month. Like, it's like, it's one of those games that made a little bit of a splash, but in a year with just so so many heavyweights sort of in the pool. It's like this, this thing, but I do think I like, I do agree too that like what's really kind of special is that it is a little more experimental. It's something different. It's something we haven't seen before. Um, I tried to play it for a little bit. It didn't really like click with me. Um, I've been told that if I had given it a little bit more time, it might've, I might've gelled with it a little bit more. And at some point in time, I might go back to it, but um, just I'm I'm pretty loaded, you know, as far as just games, sort of in the docket as is. But yeah, and I, I think the fact that like they managed to keep it a secret is pretty phenomenal. Like, and so it's just like yeah, that's definitely like one of the things. So I was like, you know, that's like it's it, it's very much like a. I remember when that dropped, I was like. Microsoft got a bit of an attaboy for me and I don't give them many attaboys. Like I'm, I'm looking for reasons to not trust them. But with <laughs> that, that whole thing, I was just like, no, that's actually pretty cool. So Josh, any thoughts on Microsoft this year, as far as like, you know, kind of like their, their best moves or their best kind of like, um, whatever. 
I mean, honestly, uh, and it's funny because, you know, I gave an award to, you know, nobody loves you for, for Hi-Fi Rush because everyone forgot about it. But honestly, I mean, I was thinking about, I had completely forgotten about, you're right, you're putting me back on when it was released and it was a really big deal of mm-hmm. just, yeah, a, a, a big title. I say big, obviously it's not a huge game. But it was a decently sized game to have to to be able to to keep it a secret and then just to release it and then hey go get Game Pass and you can play it right now and have it. I remember um, particularly because of the Fantasy Critic League it, that it scored high eighties, you know, um, in mm-hmm. in Open Critic. So it was very well received. It was I remember hearing uh, lots of good things about it. Um, so it, it is it's funny because I I just forgot about that because of the rest of the year I don't think went very well for Microsoft um, and that so honestly like that's the only positive that I can think of unfortunately there may be other things that I'm forgetting uh, but the things that stick out and maybe this is just more towards the end of the year were their failures as opposed to uh, as opposed or, or disappointments I'll put it that way yeah uh, I think uh, you know. To one of the things, and and granted, neither one of you guys is really in that space, and I don't play it. But um, a lot of the the guys that I pay attention to when they talk about like games mm-hmm. as a service, um, really say that Halo Infinite's multiplayer suite and their battle pass and all that is in a really, really great spot. Like that, they oh, they've wow. kind of hit a really great cadence. The content is good. Um, one and one of the things that I actually really like about their model of the battle pass is that you buy the battle pass, it's yours, and, and and there's not a timer on it. It's like you can sort of like you can switch out, like you can sort of like you buy that battle pass, that content is yours, and you you know you can stack battle passes. It's a really kind of unique um, experience because the way a battle pass works now, um, like. I bought the battle pass for Diablo four, I think this last season. And then, um, I had the battle pass for destiny two because I pre-ordered lightfall. Um, it's basically you have a window of time and if you don't get all the way through it and it's, it's just cosmetics and maybe some resources or whatever, but if you don't get all the way through it, that's it too bad. And like the idea that they're like, no, like it's yours. You can just like you can turn that one back on and sort of get all that cosmetic stuff if you want. Um, I think that's really cool. Um, and so it's like it's not a huge W, but like to me, like the fact that like where everybody was kind of like crapping all over like Halo Infinite um, and the multiplayer suite. I think like with the release of Forge and just like I said, the the way that they've kind of really uh, reinvigorated their their battle pass model like and just like like that's cool that's like to me that's maybe it's not a huge w but that like that's a w like that's that's something that should be celebrated because uh yeah that's i mean yeah Uh, you know there was like honestly when infinite came out there was a lot like and the the multiplayer suite was kind of just like absolutely and there was a lot of broken promises right like no split screen co-op you know, all sorts of other stuff like, like Forge, like was delayed several times. Um, but yeah, I I think the fact that like it's really kind of thriving now, and maybe it's maybe it is a little too late. 
but I'm kind of like, it seems like it's in a really healthy place. And I'm like, I think that's kind of cool. Um, again, not a major W, but it's like, I would kind of agree with your assessment, Josh. That I think overall, like they didn't have a bad year, but they didn't have like an awesome year either. Like, I mean, they got the ABK deal, you know, mm-hmm. across the line. And so that that's a major victory just for the company. But I think sure. just as yeah. far as like everything else, um, yeah, it's just kind of like, oh, okay, it's, it's okay. You know, it's, it's not, not the worst thing ever. Um, so yeah, as, as far as let's talk best moves for Nintendo and Josh, why don't you kick us off on this one this time? <laughs> so like best moves for Nintendo this year, like what, like where do we need to especially give them flowers? Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm, when I think about 2023 for Nintendo, um, I, I think they're, they're kind of playing it safe. If that makes sense. I can't think of anything like, crazy wacky that they're doing um you know that's honestly more of the nintendo mo well okay no actually we're talking about shadow dropping hi-fi rush how about that shadow drop of metroid prime remastered how about that one that one was pretty good everyone kind of i feel like i feel like everyone there was a lot of people who flipped out over that and and got that um Mm -hmm. although they haven't released the second one which is weird uh but that said uh, that that was a cool move. That that one was kind of surprising. Outside of that, it it was not a standard year um, because I think they had a ton of really good releases. Uh, what you know, I talked about it last episode, my game of the year, Tears of the Kingdom, and I think overall, now this is me showing my bias here. Overall, best game of the year, um, Tears of the Kingdom came out this year. It, it, same, so so Nintendo had. Th- in their top two franchises, a Zelda game and a Mario game come out in 2023. Uh, that hasn't happened since I believe it was 2017 with the launch of the switch where they had Zelda and Mario come out that same year. So it's, I, I think it's been a great year for Nintendo. Um, even if it wasn't like a swing for the fences type year, it was more just like, Hey, switch is doing great. So we're going to continue to pump out games. Cause there's a handful of games that like, those are the two huge ones. Um, but they're still putting out tracks in Mario Kart 8. I know that's super popular. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pikmin 4 came out this year. Yeah. Uh, Octopath 2, which that might be kind of a sleeper, you know, but to to the people who really love those games, and that came out. I guess the only ones that, that I can think of that, well, or, no, we're, we're going positive. We don't, we're, we're not covering everything right now. Um, the new Fire Emblem? Yes, yes. That, that one I would say was more middling because I know after Three Houses... Uh, and everyone loving that one, that this one wasn't as well received. Although I've heard mixed things. Some people who really like it, some people who don't. Probably more on the disappointing side, though. Did um, that uh, did, did that Advance Wars reboot actually drop this year? Yes. 2023, yeah. Yeah, or, yeah. yeah. I, the, 2023. So that did come out. That I, to me, that's pretty cool. I mean, um, mm-hmm. it's it's one of the, and even like the the Super Mario RPG re-release or remaster, that's or remake right. or whatever. It's like yeah. I think Nintendo in a lot of ways, and it's it's not that it's not that we'll we're going to avoid like in an area where they have pretty consistently struggled to bring old properties forward 
in in a way yeah. that doesn't feel exploitative like all like a lot of these these smaller projects like the the Metroid Prime remaster Super Mario RPG remake um the 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 advanced warfare like like all of that stuff coming forward there's like some quality of life updates there's maybe some graphical and performance up, upgrades and I'm like that's pretty cool it's mm-hmm. not anything major but then I think too Josh like and maybe you're selling but like Mario Wonder and Tears of the Kingdom were both game of the year contenders mm-hmm. like People were re- it's not like oh we have a Mario and a Zelda in the same year. It's like we have like to me Tears of the Kingdom is kind of like there's a giant question mark over it just because I'm like I just don't know how I feel about that style in particular. But like you have one of the most well received uh, and, and and lauded sort of entries into the Legend of Zelda games in a long time. And then on on the other hand, you have a 2D Mario that people are raving about. Um, right. Like, it's not like, dude, like, those are really big hits. And Nintendo, yeah. like, I mean, like, Nintendo does what Nintendo does. Like, I think in some ways they just don't, they, they've just got basically like, you know, go pound sand money, um, you know, and they're just like, we don't care. Um, but it's, you know, I think like, is looking at that like Nintendo execs are probably thrilled with the year that they had. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm sure they are. And in you know th- that's something that I was thinking about. You're talking about Mario Wonder. Is that if someone would have told me at the beginning of the year that there was a new 2D Mario coming out, I probably would have been like, yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, that, that's fine. I like 2D Mario. Don't get me wrong, but it's just yeah. okay. I I would not have predicted that it would do as well as it has because pretty universally it's held up like this is the best 2d mario since super mario world like that's a it's a it's a or super mario brothers 3 well sure i mean yeah it might but then you're which is the superior world mario yeah clearly clearly yes top 100 games of all time um (laughs) actually you know something came to mind while you were talking that completely negates what i talked about nintendo not swinging for the fences this year um, however, it was not in the area of video games. Super Mario Brothers, the movie, came out this year, and it was the biggest movie of the year, except for Barbie. After Barbie came out, that one kind of kind of yeah. blew it away. Yeah, that's but, yeah because that's not really like in our wheelhouse. And like I mm-hmm. saw that movie, and I really liked it. I did. Too. Is, yeah. Is this the year to like? Isn't did that the Super Mario World and Universal open up in Japan this year, or was that I last think, year? I, I think it had already been out. No, Parker's nodding. I think I it think was twenty twenty three. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. dude, like, and like, again, like, I'm not a huge theme park guy, but like, I've heard people talking about that, and they're like, it's really cool. Um, those those are also huge sources of revenue. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm sure you know they didn't spend a. I'm sure they didn't spend Marvel money on making Super Mario Brothers. I'll put it that way. And it's made, you know, like at least a billion dollars, um, at least in its theatrical run. And, and who knows how much more, you yeah. know, their kids, my son's age that, that love, you know, the toys and stuff like that. So well, there's, there's all I, kinds of stuff there. I think the, the, the thing there is that with the movie and the theme park and everything else, it, 
propels Mario into the status. Yeah. He's not just a video game character. He's a, a transmedia icon at this point yeah. in time. Like, and I think like Nintendo, I think Sony's making shots at that, like trying to like push more of like, especially like with like The Last of Us and um, mm-hmm. this, mm-hmm. The, like their movie, their film projects. But like Nintendo's done it. Nintendo's like hit like the big entertainment markets and they're like, mm-hmm. oh, okay. Like, and it's, it's, it's a well-received footprint and that's, that's impressive. That yeah. in and of yeah. itself is impressive. Like they are, um, <laughs> I was just, I was just thinking about how like, you know, Disney's, uh, Steamboat Willie went, um, mm-hmm. and, into public domain and everything else like that. But like Nintendo's kind of like, in in some ways, maybe positioning themselves like Mario. That I'm gonna I'm gonna say something that might sound absolutely ridiculous, but like they're in a position where like Mario could be bigger than Mickey, like mm-hmm. just because again, just the 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 wide appeal. Where there there have been Mickey Mouse video games, but like yeah. Anyways, I'm just like if they keep that if if they keep that momentum up like yeah. you know if there's an yeah anyways but yeah for sure so that's yeah that's definitely kind of um that's a big deal that's a mm-hmm. big honking deal and it's like it i i think too that's the thing is like it's just quiet it's just like nintendo not like out there like tooting their own horn they're just like yeah we're gonna open up this theme park with universal and we're gonna yeah. make this this uh this movie and it comes out and it's just like yeah and it's oh yeah. and while we're doing that, we're also going to release two of the best games, uh, you know, of the year this year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and look, I love Nintendo, but I think the biggest thing against them is that they have a tendency to self sabotage, and I love it because they can. They, uh, it's because they want to try something new often, and mm-hmm. and it doesn't go well, and they and they kind of you know. It, it just kind of explodes. We case in point with the Wii U, you know, the, what was that sleep tracker thing that they had announced? You know, all the different ports on their consoles the Pokemon that they sleep, never use. The locks, right. or what, yeah. yeah, all these things that that they they can just kind of stumble on, and so uh, and they they haven't done any of that this year. You know, they haven't announced anything crazy. They haven't out, again outside of actually releasing the movie that they had announced last year. Um, so yeah, no, I th- I think it's been a fantastic year for Nintendo. Even if, like you said, it's been kind of quiet, but yeah. quietly releasing, yeah, Tears of the Flipping Kingdom. So yeah, um, Parker, how about you? Any thoughts on Nintendo? Their best moves? Yeah, I mean, I agree with everything you guys have said. I think, and just putting it in context, like the fact that they're doing this and they're selling as many copies of these games as they are for a system that's mm. basically a seven-year-old glorified cell phone at this point, I think is pretty yeah. remarkable. I mean, they, they found a way to kind of mm. beat Sony and Microsoft and really not even be competing with them. They're kind of running their own race at their own speed. And so I, yeah. I think it's just so clever the way they've been able to do this. And sometimes they do bizarre stuff that you can't figure out like why did nintendo do that of course they would do that but then sometimes they do stuff like this and it's just it all comes together in a way that's just beautiful and you think only nintendo could have done that 
you know, and they, I feel like had one of those years this year. Now I could see it's going to be interesting, you know, just thinking about like next year with all the rumors of the switch Two and everything. And like, we're really seeing them wind down the catalog for the switch because they're really pushing more towards a lot of like re-releases and remasters and stuff. And we don't know what's coming down the pipeline. So this could all change, you know, all this momentum could easily get squandered. And by the time we're talking Mm -hmm. about it next year, I mean, it could be a completely different conversation and, you know, they, they've had such success with the Mario movie and then they announced a live action Zelda. And I think Mm -hmm. everybody's kind of looking at each other going like live action. Didn't we all agree that this was going to be animated by (laughs) studio Ghibli? Right. This was like, (laughs) we all sort of like had a gentleman's agreement that that was going to be the thing. So people are immediately worried that they're going to squander that goodwill with a horrible Zelda game. And I think that's fair to to think that but i think as mm-hmm. far as like just looking back at their 2023 and what they've accomplished i think it's been pretty impressive i think they've earned the opportunity to um you know take a chance um what what i do think is interesting you know you you know who they're partnering with for the legend of zelda movie right it's uh, sony pictures I- Sony Pictures is is the studio is is been tasked with that. Interesting. Um, so yeah, that's a bit of a weird alliance, odd bedfellows to say the very least. Um, but yeah, um, but I think that and that, that kind of leads us into you know taking a look at Sony. But what I will say is that I don't think Sony has like you know Gran Turismo didn't like you know, blow skirts up, but it's a good movie from what I hear. Um, yeah. You know, Uncharted is fun, uh, but it it wasn't like blowing my mind, but I enjoyed it. Uh, the Last of Us has gotten just like, you know, it just, everybody can't stop talking about that. Like, you know, in, in television circles, you know, um, about The Last of Us as far as, you know, game adaptations and, and things like that. It's been very, very well received. So mm-hmm. it, there's there's a certain amount of cred there um, that I think that, it, it, but I do see it's just it's kind of weird, but I think it goes back to the point though where you were saying Parker where in a lot of ways Nintendo really and I think they've gone on record basically like the corporate structure they are not competing with Sony or Microsoft, it's like they're mm-hmm. they they're kind of like they are the big leagues and Microsoft <laughs> and Sony are trying to like find their way into that. Um, but let's let's talk a little bit about PlayStation's year. I think the one thing is like you know, and and this is where we'll we'll talk a little bit about exclusives. Is that um, as a general rule, and 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 like I'm gonna exclusives that are kind of touchy, like because it's maybe not as much first party output. But I think Sony pound for pound had more exclusives than anybody else this year. Um, you know, mm-hmm. when Baldur's Gate 3 initially released, it released on console on, or not PS3. I keep saying PS3, don't I? <laughs> um, I'm getting tired. And so Nate talk real pretty uh, when he's sleepy. But um, you know, as well as their in-house stuff, you know, so they had uh, Horizon Forbidden West, uh, the the DLC for that. Um and they had some, and they had Spider-Man Two, obviously. But Baldur's Gate initially released for that. Final Fantasy Sixteen um, is a PS5 console exclusive. Um, 
Hmm. Let's see. Then you've got like the these sort of like indie kind of vibes, like humanity. Um, where are some of the other ones here? Viewfinder, uh, season, a letter to the future. Um, and these have yet to migrate to any other system. Um, so I, I think like that's, that's the one thing is like, there's just been a, there's been a plethora of games to play everywhere, but I think Sony has sure. done a really good mark, like good job this year of saying like, you want like the super new shiny with a few exceptions, like this is the place to be. Um, I think that's probably been like, and, and as, as a kind of a, the, the Sony fandom has been really kind of upset with the fact that there hasn't been a ton of first party output. Um, Mm. It's just like, you, you know, when you look at that, like, I think the only first party titles in there are the Horizon Forbidden West expand or uh, DLC and then the Spider-Man 2 game. Um, I guess you could count the the God of War uh, uh, Ragnarok Valhalla DLC as well. You could kind of throw that in there since I did sort of sneak in at the end of the year last year. But I think it's it's just like one of those things. It's like they've done a really great job this year, or as in when I say that, I mean twenty twenty three. But they've done a really great job in in twenty twenty three, and just really nailing down like we have the newest and the shiniest, the biggest and the best. Like this, the stuff that you really want, it's here. Um, yeah, and there have been a few exceptions. You know, Microsoft did have a really big splash with Starfield. Um, and I'm I'm not I'm not going to get too into the weeds on it. I, you know, I think it performed really well for them. You know, Parker, you and I have had a conversation, but I think like you know when you put like and again Nintendo's numbers, it's like they they just sell more units than everybody else. But like I don't think you, you know uh, I don't think Sony's mad about Spider Man 2's numbers. You know, off the crack, I can't remember what they were. Like, but it's it's sold very well this year. Um, okay. So, I just think like that's kind of in which, and I think in some ways is kind of unfortunate because it's just like that's like a lot of the the problem is like, and again, I know for me, some of it is I want you to get outside of like this third person action adventure kind of like thing, and I want you to get a little bit more experimental. But the reality is like, you know. God of War Ragnarok sold like 15, 20 million copies. Um, you know, and I, I just okay. like it's uh, Spider Man, I think sold like 30 million copies. And again, I'm, I'm not looking at these numbers, but like these, like these are the games that they're going to make and they're going to because they sell and that's all there mm-hmm. is to it. So, yeah. um, uh, yeah. Parker. Any thoughts on Sony's best move uh, in in 2023? Um, best move in 2023. I mean, yeah, they they've had some of the like exactly what you talked about. I think what I'm more thinking about, and this is getting off of their best move, but I think I'm looking more at their 2024 and going like, we don't really know. Mm. anything about what their slate is for next year and so maybe if you're going to tee that up later i can talk about that later but yeah um because there's a lot of conversations i think right now in the industry just about how microsoft has already positioned itself for 2024 versus sony and there's some pretty big differences Mm. between the two 
um, that might make this kind of a year for Sony, uh, for Microsoft to play a lot of catch up and gain Close some the serious gap. ground. Yeah, to, yeah. It, it could be a gap closing year for Microsoft based on uh, what we know about what they have in the hopper versus what Sony has in the hopper. So mm. there's a little bit of a concern there, I think, on the Sony end that we don't know a lot about, especially first party exclusives that are coming. And they've been very, very quiet about that. So folks are hoping that they've got some stuff coming, but we don't really know. Whereas we know Microsoft's got tons of stuff queued up and that is is mm -hmm. ready. And we'll probably hear about a lot of that in pretty good detail, actually, at the Developer Direct next week. So it's going to be interesting to see how that pans out. Nice. Yeah, and and we can we can kind of circle back to that a little bit, maybe like dig into that a little bit more. Um, but yeah, I, I do think like that, like looking looking ahead a little bit just for a second, it is they've been really quiet. They haven't said boo about anything, and um, Th that's that's not true. Last of Us Two remastered. I dude, like here's the thing. I think that thing's gonna I think the thing is like with the the synergy with the show and the fact that it's like ten bucks or twenty bucks to sort of like upgrade to the PS5 native version with the, the extra bonuses, I think that that's gonna sell just fine. Like I, I don't think they're but yeah, you're right. That's like the one thing we know about and everybody's gonna <laughs> like, I guess. Yeah. You know, I, if you're going to re-release a game a few years after it, it, it came out, um, that this is definitely the best way to do it. So, yeah, I, I think like, honestly, this has been a year where I don't think Sony has done like any, like, like huge splashes, but I, I do, I think even the fact that like, you know, that Baldur's Gate three came out on PS five for a few months before it had Xbox, you know, okay. before it was on the, the Xbox ecosystem is like, and then, and even on so. PC side, I remember hearing that there were a lot of problems PC side. So mm. it's like, in some ways, PlayStation five was like the best place to play Baldur's gate three. And I'm like, and that's like arguably the biggest game of the year last year. Um, mm -hmm. so it's like, even that was more the, of a Microsoft blunder yeah. than a Sony gotcha. yeah. thing. So. Yeah. It, it was more of like, they kind of, that, that one just kind of fell into their lap. Um, but yeah, it's like stuff like that. I think it's, it's just like, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Um, but like, yeah. you know, Parker, I think that's a, a good one. Like, and, and, you know, and we'll circle back around to PlayStation again, but teeing off, um, just like, so like, the, the like just the worst possible things that these companies did. So let's okay. let's take um, a look at you know, and we'll we'll go back to you, Microsoft Parker. What do you think like their big the, the big blunder this year for Microsoft was? Just one. You gonna let me? Well, I mean, <laughs> like right. you know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, like you can take a couple, I guess, but um, I think that know. for me, the first big one of the year was probably the disaster. I, I think we can call it a disaster, but Redfall, the, yeah. the state mm -hmm. that Redfall came yeah. out in, and not just that it came out in a, in an almost unplayable state for a lot of people, and just completely. Uh, undercut all of the expectations and hype that had been built for this game, but like the fact that it was one of their first 
sort of like first party exclusives that they had really dropped in a while mm-hmm. and that it was really their first $70 title where they're putting that higher mm-hmm. price point on a game. And they kind of came out of the gate with this thing and it just was a total, total nightmare, like to the point to where people were really even questioning like what the QA, QC process was for letting this game ship Mm -hmm. in the state that it shipped in, which is, you know, really unfortunate because we know Arcane, now it's Arcane Austin, not Arcane Leon. I understand that, but Arcane Austin is certainly capable of doing better than what shipped there. So I think it had a lot of people questioning right out of the gate, like what went wrong? Um, and I, I read some interesting articles about this where it's, it has to do with, I think, Microsoft leadership, basically, in the Phil Spencer mm-hmm. era of being so hands-off with the development that um, the folks at the studio actually were hoping that the game would get canceled and they didn't want to make this game as a live service game. Oh, but man. Microsoft was so sort of like, no, this is your artistic vision. You do whatever you want. And so nobody really held their feet to the fire to sort of make sure that this was up to snuff before it released. It was just part of that chasing, you know, forcing, forcing good single player studios to chase games as a service trends to their own, you know, destruction essentially. And I think that's kind of a bit of what happened there. So I would say that that was like probably the first really big blunder where all of that like momentum they had built with hi-fi rush earlier in the year and everything kind of got squandered where it was like, Ooh, this was a pretty big fumble. Well, yeah, and it's a lot of the talk around Hi-Fi Rush kind of like morphed, you, you know, it's like, well, Hi-Fi Rush is really good, but it's like, oh, but Redfall. Um, yeah. That's, and I, I, yeah, so that, that yeah, that's definitely um, kind of, that's a big one. Um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, I guess you, you said you have more there, like, like, Another like one or two things here that you you really think Microsoft dropped the ball on? Well, I mean, I think just going back to like some of the ABK merger stuff, I think it's not necessarily Microsoft's fault, but I think the the leaks that happened during that were pretty um, damaging for them. You know, Mm. just leaking the roadmap, leaking like uh, hardware specs. I mean, like roadmaps for all these developers. Like uh, we know that, you know, the Bethesda crew was... uh, who's the team that works on the doom games. We know there was a doom year zero game in production. It, it, sorry. Yeah. It, we know there's a doom year zero game. We know all this other stuff about these other games. There was controversy about the Indiana Jones game, uh, you know, and the release that's going to happen for that. There was all kinds of stuff that by, you know, Microsoft basically opened the kimono, um, and unleashed a firestorm in the middle of that trial, just because Microsoft lawyers like didn't, redact the proper files or whatever when they sent it in so you know uh, it remains to be seen what the long-term implications of that are but i think it's going to be interesting because you know for instance the console that they talked about the brooklyn which would be the the series x refresh i believe is an all digital platform um and so, you know, there, there may be even a trend to just get away from physical media altogether in the future. And I don't think Microsoft wanted people to be taught, you know, that's not the narrative they wanted happening in the middle of this merger. You know, those kinds of things leaking out to the public and having to deal with the fallout and, and the damage of all those kinds of things. But even having said that, I think like um, Forza Motorsport was like a good game, but it was a little bit of a miss because 
the studio that makes that usually gets like nines and tens in their reviews and people were kind of like really struggling to understand like what is this game it's not really as good as previous forza motorsport games that had come out stuff like that there's a few other things but those are some of the ones that come to Something, you know, in, in talking to about the, the ABK leaks, um, I think a lot of the correspondence um, that leaked between some of the, the, the corporate head stuff um, was, you know, for lack of a better term, pretty damning. Um, you, you know, and I, I want to say it was like Matt Booty at one point in time and and if i'm if i'm wrong but there was basically someone who was like made the comment like sort of in an offhand way it's like oh yeah we could totally just outspend playstation and destroy them that way like we could just like lose money on stuff for years and just gut playstation like it was like almost it's like one of those things it's like as an intellectual exercise but like you, you know and and again they're like well that's not what we really meant but like the, it's it's to to guys like me who sit on the outside and who are like who are like no, Microsoft is the evil empire. I'm like ah, <laughs> like there it is. It's there. You guys are at least talking about it. It's not like we don't pretend. Like it's like you know and but um I think some of that just the, even that private correspondence was really pretty damaging you know it's not just like the 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 tech line and like the 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 specs and the the rollout and like it's not even that, that those timelines are now squashed it's like it's it's kind of like you said they they opened the kimono and it was like and some of what kind of fell out was not pretty um at all yeah for sure and and that doesn't even factor in the the really eye-opening thing to me which was the fact that Xbox was really quietly considering a potential buyout of Nintendo or that they would love to yeah. if Nintendo was open for it. And when you mm -hmm. kind of do the numbers on that, it's like, yeah, okay, Nintendo would never agree to such a thing, right? But mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. if you look at just the, strictly from a financial aspect of it, like the ABK merger was 70, I can't Billion dollars. 70 billion, roughly $70 billion dollars to That's acquire crazy. ABK. Whereas the, the total, I think, market value for Nintendo is 55 billion. The last I checked, mm -hmm. maybe a few months ago, it might be more now with mm -hmm. having gone through the holidays and having their fourth quarter come in, maybe they're worth a little bit more, but 55 billion. So they're worth less than Activision Blizzard. So mm -hmm. from a numbers perspective, I mean, it. Microsoft has deep enough pockets to actually buy Nintendo, which I think was like revelatory for a lot of people to actually understand like what the numbers look like for that. And, uh, you know, it's interesting because like they want to try to port games over to the switch and do stuff like that. And how does that complicate the relationship between these, you know, big three, knowing that at one point Microsoft was at least saying like, yeah, it'd be a great feather in our cap. We'd love to buy Nintendo, you know, um, yeah, it's just something to think about. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, yeah. Again, the the all of that that stuff coming out, I was like, I think everybody was just kind of going like, what? Um, you you know. But Josh, any any thoughts on sort of like you know the biggest, the sort of the, the biggest pile that Microsoft stepped in last year? Yeah, so I mean, I, I think those were definitely bigger. This one, honestly, is just more of a disappointment than it is. Here, here, 
they got up to bat and it was kind of a okay starfield came out this year and it was supposed to be skyrim in space it was supposed to be the next big game that they're going to re-release every few years on everything it was you know the potato you have it on your fridge all this stuff and i'm not saying that starfield is a bad game not saying that but it certainly i mean after the first week or two you could see a lot of people saying eh, yeah it's okay um so it's not that starfield is bad it's that it was supposed to be so much more than it ended up being that to me looks like not a full on failure but it certainly is just like man the, the like microsoft microsoft can't catch a break like something happened here to where it's just not what it could have been this this microsoft has been saying you know the games are coming the games are coming this was their chance to like grab you know the the, the attention of gamers well and as know? as the as a counterpoint to redfall too it's like right. so you have like the massive failure that is redfall and then starfield comes out and it, it's one of those things that the, the way that um i would talk about it is like if it is anything less than than amazing it's mm-hmm. going to like it's going to catch a lot of crap and i think sure. you know it's been fair to just say it's pretty divisive there are people mm-hmm. who love it um and there are a lot of like hardcore um Bethesda studios fans people who have been mm-hmm. with them for years who were like no this this ain't it um, so I just think like, yeah, Starfield's like one of those things where it's not a total whiff, but right. it's like where it should have been like the, just like the, just out of the, like out of the park. It's like, it's more like a line drive to like third base or something like yeah. where it's like, it's not, it's not a total like flub, mm-hmm. but it didn't, it didn't smash the way it needed to. Yeah, and, so. and I think it it calls into question the longevity of the the, the you know, just what what is Microsoft doing? You know, like what how where are they going? You know, if they, if they continue to put out games like this, then yeah, you know, is is there much else going on? Because I mean, we've all said it. Twenty twenty three. There's tons of third party games that have come out on on both Microsoft and Sony um, that that are you know allowing those platforms to stay afloat not that they wouldn't either way but i'm saying there's still tons of games to play okay yeah but microsoft is a company like what are they have their hands in what are they you know really investing in and it's just not looking great because of these continued yeah just whiffs so yeah no, I and and yeah, I I think it's 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 pretty much like it's that's the yeah that's the like yeah um I just yeah it's sort of peeking ahead. I think the biggest thing is like you know Microsoft really kind of is in a position now that where it's like you have all the toys you need. If you don't make this work, like if twenty four twenty four isn't the year that Microsoft closes the gap, it's. I think there's going to, you know, I, in my opinion, there should be a lot of people who, who would feel rightfully burned mm. by Microsoft, uh, you know, if they don't just kind of like crush this. Um, but let, let's kind of keep this rolling along here. Josh, Nintendo, what's the biggest sort of whiff that Nintendo... Um, but I mean, year? that they haven't put out 
Metroid Prime Four. <laughs> you know, I it's it's hard to say because I I feel like the stuff that they have put out has been good. Um, so I I don't know that there's anything that they're necessarily missing. You know, I, I just mentioned it earlier. It just feel they just feel kind of safe, but it's yeah. working for them. Um, yeah, if we're looking towards the future, there's there's a big old question mark of of what is the future hold for them with these rumors, these heavily rumored leaked, you know, Nintendo Switch Two stuff going on. That makes me a little nervous. Just with how are they going to handle that that handoff? Because Switch is still doing so well. Is it going to be backwards compatible? That solves an, one issue. I think that I think that would be great if it's backwards compatible. However, then that could get you into an issue where I. And well, I now you you you've got uh, multiple SKUs, right? Yeah, you know, yeah, it, yeah. It's like so, the the 3ds versus the new 3ds kind of mm-hmm. like the the problem of iteration. Yeah, yeah. So. And and at that point, what are they going to continue to support? Uh, but honestly, I mean, I think backwards compatibility would at least throw a bone to the millions of people who have Switches now, especially because it goes towards that younger demographic, parents buying mm-hmm. consoles for their kids or for their family, something like that. So I think that would be a good idea, um, but it could it could always be rocky. Me personally, um, it's it's hard to see what the value proposition of a new console like. Dude, I'm not going to buy a Switch to day one, um, and it's going to take a while before I, you know, I do if it if it's released. Like I would have to have a significant library of games that I'm actually really interested in that I that I really want, um, and I should just focus on my backlog. So, yeah, there, there's questions about the future. Is really the only thing we we just don't know what the future yeah. for Nintendo is. So I guess that would be kind of the biggest negative is that they have not laid out. Here's what 2024 look like. They've they've just been consistently putting out games in 2023. That okay, what is coming outside of Metroid Prime Four sometime? You know, uh, maybe what else do they have? <laughs> right, right. What is the next Splatoon? You know, um, but I say that also saying no. They had a great 2023. Like they put out Zelda and Mario. Like there's it's, there's no complaining. It's it is pretty hard. Like I think Nintendo's gonna like. Parker, I don't know how you feel, but this is like I think the the biggest to me the biggest sort of like the the worst sort of like thing is that there was no meaningful like step forward. Um, you know, there's no sure. it, it's they're safe, and it's like mm-hmm. there's no aside from rumors and everything. There's no like hardware refresh or update or anything like that. It's like they're still. It's like. Okay, so they they brought Pikmin Four out, but it's like it's the the tried and true. Like here's a Mario, here's a Zelda, here's Metroid Remaster. It's like where's something a little edgy, little new, little dangerous. Like and and again, Nintendo kind of march. They move to the the beat of their own drum. But uh, to me, that it's it's just like it's like and and frankly, like I and this is just a personal thing. But the Switch is it's really starting to show its age. Like I have a, 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 I got an OLED a little while ago, and it's beautiful, great picture. But like, man, sometimes like it chugs, like on games where I'm like, why is this chugging? But uh, Parker, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I I agree with all of those sentiments. I would say like, 
Yeah. The, the question for me is really like with the, the switch to or the super switch or whatever, like, what is it going to be? Is it going to be the, the suit, what the super Nintendo was to the Nintendo or is it going to be what the Wii U was to the Wii? Like it feels like yeah. there's two very different trajectories <laughs> Nintendo could take and it's not going to be uh, middle of the road. I feel like it's either going to be a home run or just a total disaster. But I think mm-hmm. Nintendo is kind of smart enough that they've learned a lot of the lessons that they need to learn from the Wii U. So I'm optimistic we hope. for them. That uh, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'm optimistic for them that they're going to, they're going to do things well, but you know, kind of like what we're saying, like they're playing it safe. I think that's fine. Like for a console that again is, it's basically in sunset mode at this point. They're, they're giving it its flowers and its swan song with tears of the kingdom. There's a few more smaller titles coming out this year. I think princess peach, the, the the single player princess peach game that's coming out in a month or two, Mm -hmm. um, you know, maybe one of the last bigger ish, titles that they've got for the new titles for the switch before it pretty much goes to bed and the new switch comes out. And then I think we're going to be talking about completely different stuff. And I think most analysts agree that it's highly likely that it's going to be a new 3d Mario. That's the launch title for switch, Mm -hmm. which to me makes a lot of sense. It could even be a new Mario Kart since it's been, you know, 10 years I think Mario right. Kart 8 has been out now and you know it's it's done phenomenally but maybe it's time it's either time for Odyssey 2 or Mario Kart 9 and either one of those would I think immediately send a Super Switch or a Switch 2 into the stratosphere so like they've got a lot of levers they can pull to keep the success going I just hope they don't bungle it in some weird Nintendo-ish way yeah 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 I, I would say the difference though between where Switch is at now it, moving to the next console versus the Wii is that I, the popularity of the Wii was much more front loaded. Like towards the end of the Wii, there wasn't that many, like people just weren't talking about it anymore. You know, they they were much more focused on, on, uh, with that time, I guess it was, was it, was PlayStation four? out? I, I don't quite remember. I think PlayStation four and, in uh, the Xbox were like just coming out. After when Wii U came out, but I could be wrong on that. Anyways, I think the Wii was in a very different position than the Switch is now, whereas, like, Switch is still selling well. Like, yes, Nate, notwithstanding, it is old tech, and, and it, it shows it. Oh, like, yeah. Even, to, Dude, even Tears of the Kingdom is not the... It's interesting because it's not like it's not the greatest graphics. I think it's a beautiful game, but it can get a little janky at times. However, I don't think that's preventing people from buying no. the game because of its because of its quality, its no. overall quality. So no, and that and that's the thing is it's like it's almost selling well in spite of itself. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So and there's been so a lot anyways, of rumors too about an uprezzed 4K right. versions of those games floating out there, or even like a Twilight Princess Wind Waker compilation that would come out for mm. Switch Two. Dude, that's that be- you know what. I'm I'm changing my answer. That's their biggest failure. <laughs> I want that. Those like are locked give, into you. <laughs> like give me the the arguably the greatest 3D Zeldas of all time. Like in in a way that I can play them without having to hook up by Wii U. I'm just saying. I'm just throwing that out there. Um Moving along, I, I think uh, you know, talking about PlayStation, sort of like the the worst thing. The worst thing that mm-hmm. kind of like it's not even a move; it's kind of a thing that happened to them is that ABK was acquired, um, and mm-hmm. um, 
all the the free money that stop it <laughs> that they couldn't stop it um and all the the basically the free money that they were making uh, from Call of Duty uh is now Microsoft's going to be getting a much larger rip on all of that um and anytime money goes more money goes to Microsoft than to PlayStation uh I'm sure that Sony loves that um but that mm. that's something that really happened to them I think honestly um in my opinion, kind of like their worst move is that they have a really great uh, VR unit. Obviously, it's wired, and there's been almost no support for that, like none. Um, and don't get me wrong, I love my portal. I think the PS Portal is kind of like it's it's one of those things that I want to give it a little bit of flowers. It's not like a major win, but like the thing is, like that thing's almost impossible to find now, and like. If everybody's like, Who, who's this for? Who's this for? And it's like, well, apparently a lot of people, um, you know, but I think the fact that like, I don't want to see PSVR two go the way of the Vita where it's just like, well, okay, we're just not going to do anything with this and just let it, let it die. I think like you have a really nice VR headset. You've got, you know, a, a really great machine. Like you need to start capitalizing on, on some of that. Now, granted, um, you know, you you do have some really great VR titles, like the Resident Evil Four. Uh, they're they're getting a VR mode, or they've gotten a, a VR mode, and of course, like all the the tried and trues, like the the Beat Saber. You got Moss, um, and, and Moss Two are both available on that. I don't think Astrobot is available on it. Which and even there, like the, the not putting like backwards compatibility on your titles for your headset, stupid. It's just stupid. But that's that's to me that's like the biggest. Like obviously they've been kind of quiet, and we'd like them to t- maybe take some more shots to talk a little bit more, tell us like you know reassure the fan base. But I think honestly, like just like kind of neglecting the VR two in this last year is just like, it's not good. It's, it's not good at all. But, um, Parker, what, what I'm going to kick this over to you here. Well, yeah, you go ahead. So. I mean, I'm glad you brought it up, Nate, cause that was definitely my biggest disappointment for the year as somebody who actually has a, has a PSVR two and pre-ordered it and bought it and was really excited about it. And I've played it and the tech is great it's such a great foundation to build off of and they just have done nothing with it really. So it's really frustrating to see that they, they came up with a really meaningful iteration from PSVR to PSVR two. And I really liked PSVR, but it, it had its issues. And I feel like they did a great job of pushing the technology forward in a meaningful way with PSVR two. And I was excited about it, but, um, yeah, I mean, uh, like they could have easily done something like Japan Studio or somebody could have made an Astrobot Rescue Mission 2. To me, that would be worth the price of admission alone for a PSVR 2 because the original Astrobot Rescue Mission is probably in my top 10 or 20 games of all time. I just love it. Um, so I would love an Astrobot Rescue Mission 2. I mean, I'd love if they figured out a way to bring a game like Half-Life Alex over to the PlayStation ecosystem, um, because a lot of people say that that's like maybe the greatest VR title, and it's it's on some people's list as the greatest game of all time as well. So Half-Life Alex would be a phenomenal title to bring over, and there's been like rumors about it, but 
nothing concrete. So it just feels like there's a squandered opportunity. And I think the question that, you know, consumers are asking Sony is like, was this just a check the box thing where you just wanted to sort of like keep a presence in VR or are you going to meaningfully invest in this platform for the future? And I think right now it's maybe still a little too early to say, but the the early results are not super encouraging by them. Yeah. And I, I think like you probably, they probably could have mitigated some of that damage by just you know, maybe even just saying like, hey, like this thing is going to release and if you own these 10 titles in VR and just like, hey, like the, like, you know what I'm saying? Like if you were an adopter of PSVR 1, like these 10 games, including just default Astrobot Rescue Mission, we're going to bring that forward. We've got a, a, a PSVR 2 native version in the pipes. Like it's, it's coming. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's uh, th- that just the 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 there even that like the the fact that it just released and it, it, it's kind of like there's no first like I I feel like if you had done that where it's like hey these ten games if you own them from PSVR one there's going to be a PSVR two version of that that's compat like you'll be able to like basically bring that over like free of charge or at a minimal you, you know something something but it's like. There were there were a few titles to be fair that you could do that with with PSVR two at launch, but it wasn't well communicated. And some games, it was like a convoluted nightmare to try to figure out. And if you if you own Walking Dead Saints and Sinners and you wanted to get a PSVR two version of that, which they said they were going to give you for free, I was like months in online forums trying to figure out how to do that (laughs) just to redeem it for free. And it's well, and that's what I'm saying. And that that was on the company. That was on the 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 publisher versus the platform holder. Where I'm saying, like, I think if Sony would have like sort of gotten ahead of that and said, like, no, mm-hmm. like, just because, like, dude, you're not going to be losing tons of like PSVR two doesn't have a great attach rate. Like PSVR one didn't have a great attach rate. Like there aren't millions upon millions of these units out in the wild. You know, it's not like I don't know. Yeah, it's to me it was like kind of a no brainer, but um. Yeah, and just even, yeah, to me, it's like Sony should have stepped in and said, these 10 games, we'll we'll do what's necessary to move them forward, to get them across the line. But Josh, did you have any sort of thoughts about Sony's big oopsie this this last year? Well, yeah, not to beat a dead horse, but it was definitely PSVR 2 for me as well. Um, Yeah, everything that you guys have talked about already, and it just feels as though they didn't have a plan after release. Of you know, if if there was even just some sort of steady stream of games that were um, at least brought to the forefront, you know, that they actually tried to market to sell this new console peripheral that they're releasing. You know, it feels like they 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 yeah could have done a lot more and didn't and so it's very strange that this thing is almost a year old and it's been very quiet about it in general and um and i think that's the other thing is like i want psvr2 but i'm really hesitant to like sort of figure out how to pull the trigger on that because there's like it's like well okay what's going on with it yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think the only other thing, and I, I bring this up because we just talked about this with Nintendo, right? 
um, is Sony has not been like what games you you mentioned this earlier, Nate, the, the Spider-Man twos in the games that sell are all the same types of games that we've been playing for a decade now. Mm -hmm. Uh, what new thing does Sony have coming? Like where, where is the, the spark, the, the, the new, you know, the new type of game that's coming out on, you know, PlayStation only they've, they've got exclusives. Yeah, that's, that's good. But, but I mean, you know, third person action games all over the place, which again, they could, they could be, they could be really good games, but what special and new, if we're saying Nintendo ought to be doing this when they're putting out two of the greatest games of the year, then we got to hold Sony to the same standard. Oh, exactly. I think like Sony's like been playing it safe for far too long. Um, And I, I would like to see a little more experimentation, a little more like daring, like, you know, you've got a pretty like comfortable cadence, especially with the Insomniac leak. You know, we know that they're going to be doing like, shoot me now, Marvel games for the next like twenty years, and I'm just like gag me with a spoon. Um, I was excited about Wolverine until it was like, oh, Wolverine just kicks off all the. I'm like, uh. um, um, <laughs> next is the. It kind of feels like no, they're it's they're going to make the same mistake with that that they did with games as a service. They're going to kind of come in as it's already sort of hit its zenith and like everything's yeah. kind of petering out, and they're going to kind of come in and hit the Marvel train, and it's like we we're already so saturated and sick of superhero stuff. I it's like. Mm-hmm. Suicide Squad is going to be a disaster, I think, when it launches in another month. And I think that's going to kill like the superhero and the games as a service thing, hopefully for good, for a lot of projects that are out there where they're like, maybe we should make this. And hopefully that'll be like, no, you should not. It's a I have very a lot ironic of, title. I have a lot of faith in Insomniac as just a developer. Um, I just don't. I don't want to see them tied to to Marvel this way. It's like I I want to see like because they're a very creative studio. Um but yeah. So moving along here, um we, we've got sort of like and we'll we'll roll these next two sort of talking points together, but let's talk a little bit about um what's coming up and then also like what we would like to see like our sort of our personal hopes for each one of these companies. And, um, you know, so Parker, you, you've kind of been like my, my proxy Microsoft guy here. Um, so what, what, what do you, do you, I mean, do you know, kind of like, um, we, we've talked a little bit about it. Like, you know, obviously Microsoft, uh, there's rumors and, and, and that's the thing. A lot of this stuff is rumored, but there's rumors that they're talking about cutting off this series um, iteration of the console and basically sort of doing what they did with the Xbox, the original Xbox into the 360 where they sort of cut cut short the life cycle of that console and they sort of kick off the next console generation to sort of like get a bit of a, a leg up on, on the competition. Um, so, you know, uh, there, there's that, but uh, aside from that, you know, what do you think, uh, what do you think Microsoft and, and obviously this is a year where Microsoft's going to be fire, hopefully firing off on all their cylinders, but you know, so like what, you know, take it from there. What, what do you think? 
Well, I'm just hoping that after years of patient waiting in Microsoft land, where people have been investing their time and energy and resources into the Microsoft ecosystem and being told year after year after year, just wait, the games are coming. Just wait. Next year, they'll be here. Next year, they're coming. That 2024 might actually be the year where we start to see them deliver. And not just onesie twosies, but like you know, full guns blazing, like a release kind of like to what they had envisioned with Game Pass, which is like some sort of like major triple A release from a Microsoft studio coming out like once a quarter kind of a mm -hmm. thing. Yeah. I, I think we're like getting close to the point to where we may actually see that start to happen. And so there's a little bit of energy behind what Microsoft's got. Uh, coming and uh, you know it's almost like I wish we could have this show after the developer direct next week sure. because yeah. again the precedent they set with the developer direct last year was that everything that they talked about was released in 2023 and so what they've got coming up for the next developer direct is they've got Machine Games who does really great work they did the the Wolfenstein They're doing the reboot they're doing an Indiana Jones game mm -hmm. which I have no doubt is going to be gorgeous looking and will probably be a phenomenal game um if if the studio's track record is anything to go by so we're going to get a lot more information on that game we've got um avowed is probably going to come out next year that's going to be heavily featured at the developer direct it's by the um, obsidian folks who made um uh, i always get the two games confused because they've got the same title the outer worlds right Outer, Outer Worlds, Worlds. Outer, yeah. Outer Worlds. Mm -hmm. They made Outer Worlds, which was a great RPG, and it was kind of that like just right size of like big enough to explore, but not too big that you get lost and you feel like it's a chore to play. So their next game of Outs coming out, and that's going to be really interesting to get a look at. Um, hmm. Probably we're going to get a really soon-ish release date for uh, Hellblade 2, which is maybe one of the most intriguing-looking games. It's like that uncanny valley is starting to get crossed with that game because mm -hmm. if you've seen any of the footage of it, I mean, it's just, it's kind of mind blowing some of the tech mm -hmm. that they're bringing there with Unreal Engine 5 and the facial recognition and stuff like that. It's almost hard to tell that it's a video game. It looks yeah. like just yeah. like real, like live action footage. Yeah, so as, we're going to get a, to see all of these games. Uh, sorry, Nate, I mean to. I was just going to say, you, like, I, I think a lot of the conversation around uh, Hellblade are, is, is going like, they're like, this kind of, in some ways, is at the very least on the level of Naughty Dog, if not surpassing Naughty Dog's sort of like production as far, mm -hmm. like visually. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's been the buzz. And it, it, like everything that we've seen looks amazing. Yeah. So, and, and, and again, like everything that came out in the developer direct last year got a release date and did actually end up releasing, I believe, in 2023. So if that holds true for this year, like if we get an, a Microsoft exclusive Indiana Jones game, we get a really solid avowed RPG, we get Hellblade 2. I mean, that's a great start. And that's just January we're talking about right here for getting information. We know they're working on some other you know, amazing properties. Like uh, they showed some really interesting trailers for a new Fable reboot that they've got that they're mm. working on that looks really mm -hmm. promising. It hasn't been officially announced, but we know the coalition is working on Gear 6 and they're probably pretty close to having some kind of announcement about it. A lot of folks thought they would have announced something at the Game Awards. So 
it hasn't been announced yet, but we, we just know that like that there's too much of a cliffhanger from Gears Five, and they worked on you know the Unreal Engine Five, um, the Matrix Tech demo that team did. So we know okay. that they okay. are deep in the Unreal Engine uh, technology, and it, it just kind of feels like an open secret that they would be working on Gears Six. So that's been four or five years at least since the last Gears game came out. So at any point. Microsoft could be like, hey, here's the new Gears of War game. And that could be incredible as well. So, mm. and those are just a few things that I can think of off the top of my head. You know, they're working on a ton of other stuff in addition to those things. So that's why I say it feels like we know all this stuff coming from Microsoft. We don't know anything about Sony. And that's why it feels like if Microsoft actually delivers this year on these games, they could finally be giving a reason for people to yeah to jump ship or at least dip into the Microsoft ecosystem for the first time, maybe a long time or in a, in a meaningful way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, just sort of, it's like, they've got just sort of looking ahead. Yeah. They've got a ton of stuff like, but you know, uh, use the terminology. They've got a bunch of different, different levers they can pull on. Um, and what I hope my, my personal hope for Microsoft is that this is a year where they actually, make some meaningful progress towards that like i when i say that i want a strong microsoft i am not lying about that i don't trust them i don't trust that company but i want xbox to be strong because i think a strong xbox is is a challenge and a threat to playstation and it keeps playstation a little more creative a little more honest i'm okay with playstation and and frankly maybe even nintendo being a little afraid from time to time you know it, it like I think complacency kills. Um, and, and personally I, I've liked, I've enjoyed Xbox games in the past. Like you, you mentioned fable fable one through and three, one, two and three are fable. One is great. Fable two is pretty enjoyable. Fable three is like, eh, it's, it's fine. It's like, we don't talk about that one. Um, <laughs> you know, I liked it, but it was like, eh, we, we don't hang out with that one. Um, he was cool, but he smells kind of weird. Um, but like seeing Fable come back in a meaningful way is like really cool. Um, so yeah, it, it's kind of one of those things where I, I think the the thing for my my big hope though is that I hope Microsoft figures out how to play with it, and it's kind of the same thing. Figure out how to play with your toys. Like you have all the pieces now. You've got ABK, and yes, it's going to take some time to sort of like figure out how that's going to roll in. And but you guys have all the tools and if you don't capitalize on this like i don't know there's just you know what i'm saying it's like figure it out like that's my hope is that they figure out a meaningful cadence you know i mean like figure out figure figure it out that's kind of like it but josh any thoughts on microsoft this year or this Um, or this coming year yeah, n- not too many. I think you guys have shared some great thoughts. The only other thing that I would add is kind of the silver lining to the whole Redfall situation is uh, their honesty and their apology. Basically, their apology for the game um, I thought was something you don't see very often, especially from Microsoft. And if they continue with that um, openness, I-, I-, I would like to see them continue with that in you know, hey guys, we know we screwed up here and we're looking to do better kind of a thing as opposed to just kind of brushing it under the rug. I would very much like to, you know, 
hear them address things. Now, obviously something like the leaks that, that came out, um, I think they just want to just not even address it <laughs> um, because I think that's of a more serious nature. They just um, want to pretend that that things. never happened. Exactly, exactly. They don't want to legitimize it. That, so I understand in that case, you just don't want to say anything. But when you're hyping up a game and then it, it releases in the state that, that Redfall did, um, I appreciate it. The fact that mm-hmm. uh, that they were able to say no, we screwed up, and we want to do better, um, and so I I hope that they have that kind of honesty going into the future as well. Not saying that everything they they release is going to be bad, but I, I'd like to see that side of them continue. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Um, that that I think too. Sort of even talking about Redfall, that did a lot for them too, and sort of saying like maybe helping them write the ship and sort of saying, well, maybe we don't need to be as hands-on as we have been in the past to the point where it kills the studio, but maybe we need to be a little more involved in the conversation and talking about like maybe fixing some of the, the quality control and quality assurance sort of practices so that you never have anything like this sort of like, you know, come out, come out the gates again. Mm -hmm. Um, So Josh, Nintendo uh, kick us off Mm -hmm. here. Like, what you know i shared a link with both you guys uh there's a rumor uh that has that there potentially um uh, did you guys read the article i skimmed it um, yes so yeah, basically a similar one yeah um there's a a next gen game genie company coming out who mm-hmm. basically may have leaked uh a a target for switch 2 um, yeah. in, in early September. Um, and again, this is rumored, none of this is confirmed or anything like that. But, uh, um, so, and, and I think a lot of people sort of in the know have basically been saying this is the year of the switch Two. in a lot of ways. It's like, Hey, switch to switch the, you don't need it. The, the thing's still selling like, you know, selling like hotcakes, I guess, right. you know, but it's. But uh, for me personally, I'm like, yo, Switch 2, like, color me interested. Like, um, <laughs> you know, if you tell me I can play uh, my Switch games without performance dip, and maybe even possibly into like 4K 60, 60 frames, uh, like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm game for that. But Josh, um, what do you think, man? Yeah, so so assuming that these 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 leaks are true, uh, the rumors are true, uh, then I, I'm just cautious about that handoff from consoles because um, previous, not not necessarily these past few console cycles, but previous, every company would say, "Oh, we're Nintendo was notoriously bad about this." Um, oh, we're still supporting the old console, but here's a new one that's coming out alongside it. And that lasts three months, you know, <laughs> like, like, no, that, that's not what actually happens. Um, so I think it is, it is kind of crucial to, to do the handoff well from the old console to the new when the old console is doing so well. So again, I, I would hope that there is backwards compatibility, at least in the first iteration of whatever this new, the successor to the Switch is. And even if that's all that it is, sort of like, um, what was it, the DS Lite that had the Game Boy Advance uh, cartridge slot in there, and then none mm-hmm. of the, the later ones did. I, th- I think I got that right. I yeah, the, the, Lite, the DS Lite had, had a, a GBA slot. Um, okay. 
the the later iterations did not didn't yeah and it, so so even if they just throw a bone you know doing that even if there's not even a performance bump or something i i think that would go a long way to uh continuing the momentum that they have as opposed to saying okay now we're going to slow down you know basically switch production which is another rumor oh some of these games are out of print um i i think it could be potentially dangerous because then you have to start all over again. Um, games aren't going to sell as well because cons- you need to sell consoles in order to sell games. And and so I think it, it could just be rough. Here, here's the other thing is that if it is um, an issue of graphics and and performance primarily, um, you get into a dangerous position where this one of the issues, one of the many issues with the Wii U is that Nintendo hadn't had an HD console before and didn't realize, oh, it actually takes a lot more on the back end to create these games in HD. And so that that took games longer to come out. Um, I think if you're just looking for better specs, um, sometimes that doesn't always play out in the quality of the games that are released. Sometimes that actually causes more issues. More often than not, what I see are the new tech comes out, new systems come out, new consoles come out, new generations come out, and developers are promising the world for their new game. Oh, we can do this and we can do that and we can do this and we can do that. And they get over ambitious because they say, oh, we have so much more power and all these things. And then the game is not, put together very well because they had all these ambitions and they need to scale back in order to make it, you know, real, you know, something like 20, uh, uh, cyberpunk, you know, or, or something along those lines or no man's sky or something where, where it's like, Oh, we have the power to do all this stuff now, but no, actually it takes a lot more. It's not, it's not, um, it's not simply that. Well, you can. I mean, looking same. at those two particular, particular mm-hmm. examples, and I'm not trying to get too into the weeds here, Basically, Cyberpunk was the the thing that held them back is that they were trying to develop for old tech. Whereas if they had made it like the PS4 um, or the PS5 and the series version, if they had just committed to those versions of the game, those would have run without problem. The, 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 the big problem was that the, the PS4 version was busted and the Xbox One version was busted. And then with No Man's Sky, it's like, it was basically, that was more of a developer just over-promising. Yeah. Like, that was, well, that was just... No- Okay. That was just so Sean Murray or whatever running his gums. <laughs> yeah, but cyber, excuse me, Cyberpunk was that as well. If you remember when when they in the lead up to that game years before, they had announced so much more that you could do than what the game actually was. But that's what I'm saying is like the development ambitious. issues were because they were busy trying to chain on the PS like the the previous gen versions of that game. It's like that's the thing now, and granted, like yes, there were some things that they said, "Oh, we're going to come out and do this," but the the actual core issues, like, and a lot of the development was crushed because they were too busy trying to chain it to old tech, mm-hmm. versus sort of jumping ahead and just saying, "Like, no, we need to." Like, if they would have killed here, and, and it's I, and again, I'm not trying to get into the weeds, but with 2077, mm-hmm. if they would have said PS4 and Xbox One, just they don't run well, we're not doing it, and just like just kind of scrapped it the narrative on that game would have been significantly different 
like but a sure, lot of the, if, there was uh, a lot of resources were wasted in basically trying to get the previous gen versions to work that's mm-hmm. that's kind of what the the and again it's speculative to a certain extent but like it's not you know it's not quite i think like it, it, what you're saying there is a, it, there is truth to it but i think um at this point in time like especially when you're using pretty um, the, the, the sort of the processing chips or whatever, you know, like they're, they're all using similar framework anymore. And so a lot of the, the, the dev, like even from the PS4 to the PS5 sort of jump, like it's, we're, we don't have a PS3 situation where they're using like the cell processors in the PS3, which is like totally new. It's a lot of times they're using, um, I think it's 86 architecture or whatever for like, they're basically using standardized processing. They're not reinventing the wheel every time. And so the development mm-hmm. cycles, the onboarding is always is is a lot quicker than it used to be. There's still a learning curve. But mm-hmm. in, in that regard, like I think you know, it's I'm not trying to say completely discount your concerns because I think they're valid. It's like, especially with Nintendo's past, like right. their their tech jumps have always been wonky. Mm-hmm. Um so I just yeah. I did want to be like, just is yeah we 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 can be concerned, but I think like also like we can get performance better performance without completely overhauling everything. I think like yeah. and a lot of the talk that I've been hearing about the Switch too is that it is more of just an upgrade than a complete overhaul. Like everybody who's been talking about it says like they're not. It doesn't sound like when they're hearing about this, it does not sound like Nintendo's trying to reinvent the wheel. Rather, they're saying, no, the Switch really works. It really works well. What if we just made it work better? And mm-hmm. if that's if that's the path that they they choose moving forward, I think that's a great, like, I think that's a great sort of like step. But yeah. I didn't mean to derail you completely. You no, know, I just I just wanted to be like, let's step in here for a second. So mm-hmm. sorry, sorry. I'm I'm done throwing you off <laughs> off track here. No, it's so. it's all good. I mean that that was really my only concern is is just what that handoff is going to look like mm-hmm. uh, if and when it occurs. Yeah. And, and and yeah, I think like, you know, like I said, if they can do it in a way that doesn't completely alienate their previous audience like, you know, it's like mm-hmm. and they they're, they're going to have to. And I think I think honestly with especially with Xbox and PS4 embracing sort of backwards compatibility in a meaningful way, like that does put some pressure on Nintendo to say like, no, we need to be able to, and even the way that they've got their sort of like the, the new Nintendo accounts, like the, you, you remember, like it was like with your Wii's and your Wii U's, it wasn't the account. It was like, it's, it's tied to that particular piece of hardware. Whereas mm-hmm. with the switch, they did move over to that account based system so that you can migrate your account from to different systems a little more easily. I think those moves indicate that they recognize that they're not going to be able to get like too crazy with that stuff as mm-hmm. well. So uh, Parker thoughts on Nintendo, Nintendo's future uh, here in 2024 and uh, what you'd like to see them do. Yeah. I mean, I, switch two would be great. I would love to see that as somebody who got the switch OLED, but was hoping that that was going to be a switch pro and it wasn't. Um, you know, I was uh, hoping that they would do some kind of like more meaningful upgrade to the tech and 
now the Switch OLED is already a couple years old, so it feels way overdue for a hardware upgrade for them. So just sticking the landing with a Switch 2, I think, would be the biggest thing. Yeah. Like, let's not wait any longer and, you know, wait for the sales to really die down and the momentum to die down so much that people start to almost forget about the switch. Um, I don't think that's going to happen, but that's kind of, they're at risk of that starting to happen. The tech is so old at this point that, you know, um, if they don't keep releasing banger after banger, um, you know, that's what's really propping this machine up at this point. So they have to do that. And I'm hoping that they've, there's kind of a, a new philosophy at Nintendo with some of the younger guys coming in and some of the old guard is starting to sort of groom them into positions of leadership and authority in the company. And Miyamoto is really kind of taking more of a public facing role and is mm -hmm. less involved in sort of the operational stuff at Nintendo. So I'm hoping that that, that means that they're going to be a, a little more just forward thinking in some of what they're doing and, They've kind of alluded to some of this, what you're talking about, Nate, like you talked about the Switch Online accounts. They've said that there's going to be um, continuity with a, a new yeah. console. They've said as much with that and with the fact that they're, they are building out their online library. They're dropping new titles in. They're creating all these little mini spaces for you know emulation of all these old consoles. It feels like they want to anchor people into that Nintendo environment and then bring them along to the new hardware, you know? So I have faith that it's not going to be just a total curve out of left field. Um, so we'll see what happens, but I'm overall, I'm, I'm optimistic about it, but I think it has to be this year because there's just, it makes too much sense with them not having really anything after, I think it's like May of this year, they have nothing announced to come. And they're just closing everything down and they're getting ready for the Switch too. So I'm just really excited for that. And I hope they give us some really great launch games to play on the Switch too. And, you know, maybe we'll get a Metroid Prime 4 at some point. That would be awesome. Also, just a real quick one, uh, naming conventions for the, the Switch successor. Uh, the Super Switch, Switch Pro. Like, what, what do you think? No, don't call it a Switch Pro. The Switcheroo. That's, that's a terrible name. Yeah, that's that's much more Nintendo. Switch yeah. around. Um, <laughs> you guys have any thoughts or just uh, just just Josh is like just not the Switch Pro. Uh, <laughs> because that's because that sounds like a ref uh, not a ref yeah like a mid a mid. Uh, it's mid not a, a console upgrade. It's just a, a yeah. It's yeah. I get what you're saying. It's a mid gen refresh, not a full yes. new console. Basically, right. It's, it's a half right. step. Yeah, it's a it's a, it's a, it's an iteration, but not a yeah. So, um, I mean, I'm partial to Super Switch. I, yeah. I kind of like that. That's fine. Um, but you know, I just knowing Nintendo, they're going to name it something obnoxious and weird, mm -hmm. and then we'll all just we'll we'll come around. Um, but uh, last but not least, uh, Sony, uh, just sort of looking ahead uh, as well. They one of the rumors is that. PS5 Pro, speaking of pros, is uh, imminent that um, if not released this year, it's going to at least be announced this year. Again, this this is all rumored. And uh, I, there's some information floating around that shows that it's a, a fairly significant jump in power um, 
not not like orders of magnitude, um, but but comparable to you know actually a little more powerful than the jump from base PS4 to PS4 Pro. Um, so. Uh, sort of just looking ahead, I think, you know, I'm definitely very interested in the PS5 Pro, uh, the price point, you know, like I'm, I'm going to be very, very curious about all of that. And uh, my, this as, as far as like just my hope for PlayStation this year, it's really just, I want, one, I want them to talk a little bit more. I want to know, I want to know sort of like some of what's coming out, um, you know, at least a little bit ahead of when it's coming out. Um, and, and I, I do think I, I want to see what I'd like to see is that I, I, I feel like Sony has, and this kind of ties into what I was talking about with, with Insomniac too. Sony has a really great stable of developers. And what I'd like to see them do is actually sort of take a page out of Microsoft's book with games like Peniment and, and Hi-Fi, Hi-Fi Rush particularly, where it's you maybe carve some smaller teams out of some of these bigger studios. You do something that's a little more adventurous. You do something that's a little more like risky and just see what, like without spending $500 million on the budget. And you just like, you have these more like sort of like niche kind of like experiences that uh, I think really bring a lot of life to your ecosystem. Um, but that's just me. It's like, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm hopeful for that. I, I'm hoping. <laughs> I don't know if I believe that's what they're going to do. Um, Josh, PlayStation. What do you think's coming down the line? And what, like, you know, just in like, what, what is the thing that they can do? Um, that would sort of be like, oh, that's a that's a good move, Sony. Hmm. Uh, that's a I'm I'm at a loss as to where they could get. You know, like I mentioned earlier, just kind of releasing something something new. You know, something something mm-hmm. more special. Um, you mentioned this this PS5 Pro, uh, and my my question as someone who doesn't own a PS5, you guys own PS5s. Does it mm-hmm. need more power? Does it feel as though the game? I always don't need have more power? power. Right. That, I always okay. need more no. power. That's that's always, I, and I get that. I get that. As gamers, <laughs> we like to compare our graphics cards and see which one I has want, more power. I want I get instantaneous it. loading but, for everything. But but that's what I don't I don't understand at this point. Like why why would you? There there are some games that run at like four K thirty. And like part of the gotcha. thing is like this could potentially if if some of the specs that I've seen floating around, this thing could potentially run at 8K 30 and 4K 60 lock 60 4K variable 120, mm-hmm. which is substantial for you know the pe- yeah. the people to Nerds. take advantage of that stuff. Nerds. And it just you, you know, it's it's the, the thing with a pro, and here's here's what I will say. Is that the this will sort of be a bit of a thumb in the eye because part of what I've heard, and again, this is all rumor. I and I, I'm not sure that I trust some of these sources. Is that because um, Microsoft has said like, we're the most powerful console? I think mm-hmm. with the 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 Pro, there is talk that Sony is going to like basically snipe that marketing and be like no you're not like we have the most powerful console like get wrecked 
Microsoft. Um, they're they're going to kind of like turn up the heat that way. So, yeah, yeah but. Okay. So, but yeah, do we need it? No, but I want it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's, that- there's also, there's also, okay. And again, there's also rumors that it, the, the dual sense will be getting a bit of an upgrade, um, namely in the battery life department, which mm-hmm. that is almost a necessity because the dual sense batteries okay. are doo doo. Um, okay. They're not great. Gotcha. So kind of do need that. I have mm-hmm. a mighty need, Joshua. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, but is that who you're marketing it to and is it worth it at that point? I don't I don't know. Maybe I think the, 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 I was going to say I've I think so Sony wrong in the past. So I think Sony consumers that's the thing is like people are like who's the PlayStation portal for? And Sony consumers are like whole bunches of us. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and like who's the DualSense edge for? Whole bunches not not me but whole bunches of us, you know, and it's like, Sony's like, Hey, we're going to sell you this premium product and you're going to like it. And they've got their consumer base trained to be like, yeah, okay. (laughs) We'll bite. Yeah. We'll bite. Um, Parker, how about you, man? Uh, What what do you think about what, what's potentially come down the pipe and what are your hopes for Sony this year? I mean, a PS5 Pro would be cool. They'd have to sell me on why it's worth it because I just I don't think that they've maxed out the potential of the current mm. hardware that they have. I think there's still a lot of room to grow and to play in that. So, if you're going to try to sell me another $500 console, like give me a really good reason why I need that. So, mm-hmm. I guess that's what I would say about that. But if you give me a good reason, then it's like okay, shut up and take my money. Like you've said, I want it <laughs> yeah. because I want the new shiny and the faster and the more horsepower and all that kind of stuff. That's cool. But you're going to have to actually like sell me on it. I, you're not There's going to have to be a little bit more meat on that bone. You. Yeah. You're going to have to substantiate why this is necessary for me to, to, to jump in on that. Um, but as far as like the hopes for Sony, I, I honestly think that they take a strategic pivot with Jim Ryan leaving and mm. retiring. Like, I think he did them a great disservice by putting f- basically 50% of their development resources into live service games. I really don't like live service games. Mm. Um, and I think that, you know, as we're seeing Destiny, sort of the flagship live mm. service game, really stumble. And I mean, they they missed earnings by 40%. Uh, oh, the, it was almost last, 50. It was I like mean, 47 was, or 48%. It was, it was almost 50%. It was a bloodbath, which is kind of unheard. I mean, somebody really missed the mark on their financial projections. And so they're kind of the ones that, that Sony bought that were going to sort of write the ship and we're going to do all the internal consulting for them so that they could really push this games as a service thing into sort of all spheres of their business. And I think that now we've seen that model just die so many times and so many games have come out and they've just been kind of like, dead on arrival as live service games. Mm -hmm. I think we're about to see another one come out, quite frankly, with Suicide Squad in just a couple more weeks. So we'll get to test that Mm -hmm. theory once again. Um, But if that holds true, I think that this is time for Sony to really look at this and say, okay, changing of the guard. Jim Ryan's gone. He wanted 50% of our resources pushing toward live service games. We're seeing this trend is dying. Even Destiny is really struggling right now. Like, let's just focus in on what we do, which is make great single player games. 
and not everything needs to be a live service game. And I think what we've seen too is when you push developers who aren't geared for making live service games, when you force them into a, yeah, we'll give you this license or this property, but it has to be a live service game, that turns into like really bad games that nobody likes and it loses them lots of money and I just don't like it. So my hope is that they really do a strategic pivot here and they pull a lot of those resources off of games as a service and they start making creative, fun games that people actually want to play. I I I I differ with you a little bit on the games as a service. I think the big problem is chase like and I think one of the big problems with Destiny 2 is chasing the forever game or the lifestyle game. Uh I honestly think if you sort of like one of the things is that um the the whole the uh the Last of Us online multiplayer game. We don't know what that was, right? But um you know when Bungie came and took a look at it, they they said something about it maybe not being sticky enough or whatever. But it's like when you look at Bungie's model where that's like they've basically been churning this game out for the last 10 years and it it is failing now. Like it's, you can't completely discount all of their expertise because they've been doing it for 10 years, which is almost longer than anybody. I think the only game that sort of rivals their, their life cycle is world of Warcraft. Um, and so I, I think, uh, I think there's a room in the market for games as a service. I just don't want to see them become everything. And I think honestly, if you build these games and say like, this is going to have, a three to five year sort of life cycle. And then we're just going to kind of let it die and move on to the next thing. That's a much healthier approach. Um, I just think that the problem is that like with a lot of these games, they just end up like, you know, squeezing blood from a stone. Um, but yeah, I, I do. De- I, I agree with you though, that I think uh, Sony needs to not, you, you can't chase the Fortnite rabbit. You can't chase the Destiny 2 rabbit. You can't chase these things. Like, you, you're not going to be able to recreate another Fortnite. Um, like, the thing is, like, the reason Fortnite stuck was because it was a good game. And they've iterated on it and iterated on it and iterated on it. Like, that Fortnite Lego mode, people are like, dude, this game is stupid fun. Like, the Fortnite guitar hero mode people are like i really miss guitar hero and this is awesome that i get to play like the thing is like you can't i'm not saying that it's impossible to sort of hit something on that level but i don't think fortnite was looking for that i think that kind of fell into like epic slap like i think they were trying to make something big and then when they did the the battle royale mode and everything else. I, I'm just saying, like when you're chasing that rabbit, I, I, when you're chasing that that model, I think it leads to destruction. But but I agree with you. I would much rather see them at least take a lot of that and sort of pull it off that and say like, no, we are going to like double down on making good single player games. Um, you know, I just don't want to see them completely abandon it because I do think there's space in the, in the market for it if it's done right. Um, I think honestly, Sony out of all those studios could make something that is healthy in, in a sense that like, says like, Hey, we're, we've got like a three to five year sort of roadmap for this thing. And then when it's done, it's done and we move on and there will be something else. 
but like yeah i'm i'm i am also tired of seeing studios that have like no expertise and have no desire like you know like you and i both enjoyed anthem um and but it's like that that would have been a great game if it had gotten the support that it needed but uh, anyways i just think like i said i think there's room for it it's just it has to be it has to be there because it means something to the gameplay not just because like you want to sort of like find a way to sort of like bilk your customers out of a bunch of money again mm-hmm. like so there's yeah, there's it'll, that it'll be interesting to see what happens like i said with suicide squad yeah. because they're they're another great example i mean the studio rocksteady uk studio made phenomenal games before if you ever played any of the batman arkham the arkham series. games are legendary they're unbelievable, super creative, really great, brilliant. They've got uh, incredible stealth mechanics to them. And just mm. the world that they created is like top notch. And yet people are playing previews of this game, Suicide Squad. And it's another DC property, superhero-y kind of thing, but it's a game as a service. And they're saying, oh no, this is not good. I mean, they're not even saying like, well, maybe, I mean, the, the reviews, like the, the previews are like really negative. <laughs> and and this is this is recent previews, not the ones from the disastrous like reveal that they had like a year ago where it was, I mean, yeah. the game was already supposed to come out a year ago and the footage looked so bad that they had to move it a year just to try to like fix that in and of itself. So, and then, when, well, they did their closed alpha and everybody who, or their closed beta and everybody who participated had to sign an NDA um, and a very tight NDA. Like you were not allowed to talk about like your experience more than just saying like, well, I played it. Um, and so, yeah, I think suicide squad is going to be an interesting tell on that, but um but uh moving along okay guys it's it's time it's time to actually give these the the big three it's time to grade them um so josh um why don't why don't you just kick us off and why don't you just let us know your grades for each one of these um this okay okay well i'm i'm gonna okay so starting with microsoft i'm gonna have to give it give them a c um, while there might be something, you know, it, it, I guess, it, you know, based on the previous year, it might even go lower, but there's just that glimmer of hope, you know, that maybe they can turn things around. Maybe this is, you know, maybe next year is the year. <laughs> there I go. Um, so, so that's, that's what I'm thinking. Uh, yeah, their past year, but, but it's not, it's not a disaster. There have been games that have come out on Xbox and, you know, just like with Sony that, that maybe it's they've not had Microsoft some high themselves. notes. Yeah. They've had some real stinkers yeah. and it's kind of like, it's, 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 it's passing. Passable. It's not, yeah. And it's not, it's not passing by the skin of their teeth. It's like, it's, it's okay. Yeah. 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 It's okay. Um, for Nintendo is up next. I'm going to even going to give them a solid a, I mean, even I don't, I don't know if we're giving pluses and minuses here. If you want, really, if you I mean, want to give is, pluses and minuses, go ahead. I just can't think of many of any flaws that they've had. You know, it's been such a great year for them between the movie, between uh, the Zelda and Mario. I mean, really, it's the highest marks for Nintendo um, because again, they tend to self sabotage, and they haven't done any of that this year. So, you know, 
could they have done better? Maybe, but but the stuff that they did put out is really good. So yeah, I'm, I'll I'll just give it a solid A. Well done, Nintendo. I think I think it's been a great year for Nintendo. Um, Sony, I'll get, maybe I'm being a little a little too generous here. I'll give them a B um, because again, it's just kind of they're doing well. They're selling well. They're selling games well. I think between them and Microsoft, the multi-platform games, Sony is definitely the platform to be on right now. Um, so I, I, I think they're doing well, even if they're not necessarily doing anything special. And even if there's a huge question mark at what's coming next and, and, and their future, um, you know, PSVR two again is, is kind of the, the negative thing this year, but Mm -hmm. outside of that, I mean, just as a company taking 2023 in, in, by itself, yeah, it's a good year for them. So B, B is is it's it's good, but there's room for improvement. So yeah, um, yeah. Parker, how about you? Where where are you grading everybody tonight? Hmm. So for Microsoft, I would probably give them a B minus. Okay. Um, and the reason is because there there are a couple of games like we didn't talk too much about but yeah Mm -hmm. starfield i think was successful for them for this year i don't think it's Mm going to have the legs that uh skyrim had and i think there's actually more people playing skyrim than there are playing starfield (laughs) from from the numbers i've seen from like twitch and stuff like that so i think that it's it's going to die off pretty quickly but i think just if we're talking about this year like starfield like met and exceeded expectations and they had a lot of people, they, huh. they had a clever way of having people buy in with the early access for 35 bucks and you could get extra stuff and early access to the game. So even though the game was on game pass, they found a way to monetize it and, and make money off of it. That was kind of new and clever. Um, and so I think they did okay with Starfield. It wasn't a grand slam like people were hoping for, but it was okay. And then they released a solid Forza motorsport game. Um, so, you know, it wasn't like, again, another grand slam, but it was like a solid title and it's probably going to be one of those ones that they, people realize in hindsight that they were a little harsh at, at launch. And it's, it seems like it's already kind of, kind of on the uptrend a little bit in people's estimation now that they're getting their hands on it and getting their minds wrapped around what the game actually is. Mm -hmm. So I would say overall, like it wasn't a total disaster for Microsoft and um i'd probably give them a b minus uh i agree wholeheartedly nintendo gets an a i think they were just solid they were just bringing out bangers really high quality games for a console that's past its freshness state and um, i'm impressed with what they've done with that um so i'd give them an a and then for sony they're a little harder to gauge. I would probably agree with a B with Sony. Like they had a couple good games. I didn't play Spider-Man 2, but you know, I heard it was a good game. There is this game that they released through a third party that was an exclusive called Forspoken. We didn't talk about it. <laughs> and we won't true. go yeah, into that yeah, one we didn't. in too much detail. But so they're kind of a better year than Microsoft, but certainly no Nintendo. So I think they're going to be in the middle. They're in like the B, B plus sort of range for me. Mm-hmm. So it's Nintendo at the top, Sony in the middle, Microsoft at the bottom. But I think Microsoft is actually starting to nip at Sony's heels for next year. Yeah. 
Yeah, no. So in years prior, uh, Micah and I have done so, some of this, and there have been years where I've given like uh, Microsoft a, a C minus or maybe a D plus, um, where they've just really kind of pooped the bed. Um, but this year, you, you know, looking at them, like I have to agree with you, like the B minus C plus range, that's that's where it's at. Like I I would probably put them as C plus, where I think they they had a few bright spots. But like overall, it was kind of like they they also had some really nasty kind of like stumbles, you know, especially with Redfall. Um, Redfall is just like hard to look past in in a meaningful way. And and, and granted, they learned some things from it. And so they're moving forward. And it's like you don't want to beat them up too much. But I think the other thing was like that they, they had some stuff come out. But none of it really moved the needle. And I think that's that's pretty telling. Um when there wasn't a single Microsoft game, like first party game or Microsoft exclusive that was nominated. And again, like I'm not saying like, oh, the game awards are some sort of like awesome metric, but like they weren't even in the conversation. Um, and that that's kind of telling, um, in my opinion, too. Like that's that's an indicator, maybe not a major one, but it's an indicator. So I would probably put them in like a, a C plus range where, and I think they're they're. It's like I would agree too with that assessment where I, I think they're starting to sort of like nip at Sony's heels, um, and with maybe even eyeing Sony's lunch kind of kind of deal. <laughs> um, uh, Nintendo is yeah a. Uh, I mean, like, you, you know, to get like an A plus, I think like I would have liked to have seen like maybe stepping into the future a little bit more or just like something, something like maybe sort of something a little more risky or some, I, I don't know. Like if you're like, what could they do to get an A plus? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, just, I, I don't know. It's like, it, they just, they, they're killing it. They're killing it. But it's yeah. like, it's, it's kind of safe. You know, and it's like, that's, that's like, get a little dangerous, get a little wild, you know, like you want to get nuts, let's get nuts, you know, kind of <laughs> like, like, I want to see like a little bit of like experimentation from Nintendo. Like, I want to see them, like, I want to see some new IP. I want to, I want to see things like arms more often, like where you're like taking chances and, and uh, maybe not playing so, so safe, safe all the time. So I, I but yeah. Nintendo's an easy A, um, you know, and and yeah, Sony, Sony's like in that B, B plus ish range. It's like they've got a lot of the pieces to become sort of like a, like a bigger deal than they actually are. But I, I do think like they get in their own way. I think like Parker, I, like I said, I overall I, I agree with you. The emphasis on live services to a certain extent, I think it makes sense. But I also think it's it's an over commitment to that i think like you you see if you can find any interesting and promising games that like you want to build that that model out like yeah go ahead but we don't throw everything at it or we don't throw the bulk of our stuff at it like we don't go chase it down it's like that um i do think like yeah forespoken was kind of like a like you know, they they took all of the, I, and I have to wonder. And this isn't like a, a, an idea that's native to me, but I, I wonder if like part of the deal with getting the exclusivity for sixteen was like Square Enix is like, hey, we got this game for Spoken. Uh, you guys want to do the marketing for that too? And uh, you know, it's like, um, I don't know, I don't know. Um, but 
And and I I would even sort of like a similar challenge where I think like they're doing well, um, but one I'd like I'd like to see them just leverage the things. Uh, it's like all the stuff that we talked. I I put them in like B, maybe even B minus range because like I think of like ignoring the PSVR two, and you know like they have a lot of pieces to be really dominant, and I think it's just like. Yeah, I think in some ways, like out out of the 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 two, out of Microsoft and Sony, in a lot of ways, I would have said this up until maybe like this this last year uh, or you know twenty twenty three um, sort of event. Like Sony, I thought was really sort of a gunning to like maybe sort of be like more of a challenge to Nintendo. Um. But I think that yeah, I just think there has been a lot of mismanagement this year. And that, that being said, like I still th- they're doing well. Like they're they're not hurting at all. It's like you said, like I'm I, I bought Spider Man two. I'm gonna love Spider Man two. I know I'm gonna have a great time with it. Uh, I bought Final Fantasy sixteen. You know what I'm saying? Like I know I'm gonna have fun with these games. Um, I don't. I never. I've never regretted my PS five purchase. Like and so yeah, I'm just kind of like. Eh. Like and for me, like, hey, the the portal was a total win, dude. Like when my kid is watching like Miss Rachel on the TV and I can be playing like Call of Duty, that's <laughs> kind of sick, bro. Um, but yeah, so uh, for me, like the it would, and I think we're all you know, we're all sort of in agreement. Like you know, Microsoft sort of falls into that B to C sort of range. Uh, Nintendo is a, just a solid A. Um, and then Sony ends at like, yeah, maybe B sort of maybe even trending downwards into like B minus territory. Um, so I, you know, but we'll see. So anyways, that's 2023's, uh, you know, the, the big threes, 2023 report card, but, uh, it's, we have been join on this for quite some time. So like, let's, <laughs> let's kind of just run this down here pretty quick. Uh, Josh. I've got to be honest. I've got no shit. Well, you know what? I've got a small shout out. Um, you know, uh-huh. it's, it's really quick. I just want to shout out the guys uh, participating in this year's uh, Liga Bro- uh, Mediocre Brotato Chaps. Those oh, yeah. dudes are real ones. Uh, drafting was a lot of fun this last week. Um, mm-hmm. So kind of like kind of stoked for that. Any shout outs from you? Well, what sticks out to me as I think about our community over the past couple of weeks um, is in particular, uh, uh, yeah, one of the channels we have in Discord, that is the hashtag onwards and upwards channel. Um, Mm. There have been a number, usually that is like difficulties we're going through in life. And there have been a number of, uh, whether it's health concerns or things at work um, that we've been sharing with each other and I really just um, I'm honored by the privilege of being able to pray for some of my brothers in the faith yeah. in difficult things. So thank you for being, uh, I, I try to think of a different word, but I'll just say like vulnerable, you know, yeah. just for, for sharing with us and, and yeah, giving me the the privilege to be able to pray for you guys. And, and uh, it challenges me also uh, just as, you know, I think through difficult things too. So, um, and, and then also to see, with some, some of the times when we get to follow up on some of that stuff 
and yeah. and how God is is working through their life for those things. So because it ranges, I mean, sometimes it's just, hey, I've had a really rough day, which is rough. Don't get me wrong. And then oh, dude, it's, it's mostly me whining about weather, saying like no, the weather well, sucks and it's cold <laughs> and I'm tired. <laughs> No, I mean, no, I'm, 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 or joking. I'm frustrated. You know, this just yeah. happened to like, oh, hey, guys, you know, like something really major, you know, a medical issue has come up kind of a thing. So, yeah, um, I just, yeah, I'm glad that that's just really cool to me that, that I'm able to pray for you guys. So thank you for participating in that channel. Okay. We, uh, we have, uh, our personal challenge. Um, okay. all I'm going to say is like my personal challenge has been to, uh, like I've been doing that reading plan, the ESV six volume reading plan. I've not Sweet. been as consistent as I want to be with that, but I have been sort of like, you know, grabbing some time with that, which has been good. Uh, I do want to journal some more, but, um, you know, that's, that's kind of like Nate needs the journal and, I just, I don't do it. Um, <laughs> Paul probably, Paul probably delights every time he hears that I'm not journaling. He probably like uh, well, cackles this, to himself. This is clearly Paul's favorite episode. You know, everything we've yes. talked about has been very, Oh, he's going to, he's going to love it. Geared. Um, he probably hasn't so, made it this far. Anyways, anyways. How about um, you? Any, 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 uh, what, what kind of personal challenges you got co- coming into this and, Man, I'm trying to think of stuff, but I feel like I've done pretty well it just with everything kind of changing because I was like, oh, I want to exercise more. Yeah, well, it's kind of been ring fit adventure or shoveling snow. You know, like I'm actually out doing stuff, walking to, to work. So I, I think I'm doing okay there. Um, the reading, you know, I've been doing that better you know, I think it's been a good start to the year. I did read a little bit of the institutes, so maybe just hit that a bit harder. Um, yeah, and that's so really just kind of continuing on in those things. I don't know that I have one specific area that I'm like, yes, that needs to get way better right now. So I guess just kind of maintaining until I find a new kind of like normal. <laughs> uh, yeah, don't say that. Don't say no. a, new, a new kind of normal. Don't say it. <laughs> I just mean some sort of a routine. No, I, you know, that's a, that's an inside joke. Um, um, anyways, that being (laughs) said, I I think it's time to land this plane. So, you know, I, I'd also just as a bit of an auxiliary sort of, uh, shout out, shout out to Luke Parker for just hanging with us for just a stupid amount of time to like chew the fat on this one. Um, (laughs) Mm -hmm. I, 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 I appreciate you. Um, on so so many levels, friend. Um, but you know, just wanted to say thanks for doing this with us tonight. Uh, hope you had sure. fun. Yeah, it's always enjoyable to come hang out. So that being said, Josh, it's time to land this plane. Yeah. So, so guys, if you have any thoughts, if you want to give us your own ratings on any of the three companies, if you think we're just way off base, we'd love to hear it. You can reach out to us. You can join our Discord. Uh, where I talked about that onwards and upwards channel as well. Um, all of our social medias and our presence on the internet, you can find if you go to our link tree, that's linktree.com slash the backlog breakdown. Well, uh, that being said, Josh, uh, we've, we've done the thing, gentlemen. Um, mm-hmm. This, this is a, this is a beefy boy. This is uh, substantial. And uh, so, we did, we did what we came here to do. Uh, and until next time, what should they do, Josh? Guys, 
keep beating down your backlogs, and we'll keep breaking down the benefits. Yeah.